crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire... Hey, welcome to another Big Fake Radio Show. Joining me as always is new Larry, Kevin Jank. If we ever want to get anywhere with this podcast, Mike Dell, we got to sensationalize it. we got to make it bigger than AIDS. <laughs> That's kind of a line from uh, Maniac Cop, 1988. Yeah. Another Troma production, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. This is Troma. Yeah, we got the Troma logo at the beginning. And stars uh, Bruce Campbell's in it. And uh, Robert Zadar. Yeah. Tom Atkins and yeah, we Shaft. Got yeah, that's right. <laughs> my, my buddy Richard Roundtree's in here. I fucking yeah. love Richard Roundtree. All right, but He's also a, joining us is my personal attorney, spiritual advisor, Tuffy. You always take a leak with a gun in your hand? That's a good way to blow your balls off. <laughs> <laughs> Another fine quote from Maniac. That's how I roll. Yeah. So, uh, Jank, this is your choice. Uh, we, we're not going to talk about it now, of course, but. Yeah, we got to build up table. to it. Yeah, we got to tease it a bit. But you chose <laughs> Maniac Cop. Um, is there a reason why you chose Maniac Cop? Uh, it's come up on the show before. I think Miles Watson's mentioned it. And, uh, it just seems like one of those movies that, you know, is talked about in the, in the B movie Hall of Fame, especially because there's so many of them. I, feel like there's, you know, at least three Maniac Cops, so I always see him on Tubi, so it's like, we should probably finally watch one of these things. <laughs> yeah, so that's, all, that's basically all we have tonight, so uh, enjoy it uh, when we talk about Maniac <laughs> Cop. Yep, we got to feast on it, really make those morsels last. <laughs> Although, uh, Tuffy right now is going to recap the uh, opening games of the Stanley Cup playoffs for us. What do you think, Tuffy? Yeah. How, how's it looking? <laughs> um... Those, uh, the, um, yeah, that's yeah, not so good. They're great. Uh, your buddy, Pat, Patty Kane had three points, uh, last night, I believe. And, uh, the Rangers right. are steamrolling. And so that's something. But the games have been pretty good, you know? I've watched a few, maybe. I don't know. You, you're watching hockey again. Yeah, a little bit. I've been editing an audiobook every waking yeah. hour. So, uh, hopefully <laughs> tonight will be the end of that. Because you can't really watch other things while you're editing an audio book. You know? you got to kind of, like, hear things. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's really kind of important. Yeah, it's cut into my uh, background TV viewing. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, before Oops, we get into it. I'll we'll okay. that as well. I did, uh, for the just for the sake of the show, I tried to watch and check it out. This oh, week. nice. Cause I almost put together. <laughs> I almost put together my top 11 check it out episodes. But I'm like, no one's going to know what the fuck I'm talking about when I'm talking about this. <laughs> so I was like, why even bother? But now that Jank, another human on this planet, has seen check it out, that opens the door for me to do top 11 check it out episodes next week on this year. <laughs> Jank, what have you done? <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was doing. This is like a Pandora's box situation. For those who don't know, check it out. A TV show filmed in Canada uh, during, I think, 86, 87, 88, three seasons, starring the beloved Don Adams. 
of Get Smart fame. Yeah. He's a, a manager of a grocery store, Cobb's Grocery Store. It's quite the theme song. I'll give it that. I'll definitely put that. You know, I couldn't find Sean Leahy's theme, but I'll find the uh, <laughs> check it out. Theme. It's all about motivation, whether you really got the drive to do it. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, all right, Janko, what do you think of check it out? What episodes did you watch? Did you watch like episode one? Okay, so here's the thing. I figured, you know, <laughs> you said it got better as it went along. So I watched the pilot. Uh, was less than impressed. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it wasn't the best. But, uh, so I decided to watch one random episode from kind of midway season two and one episode from season three. Yeah. To see if it got any better. <laughs> when he has the mustache. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big I like John like, Adams with the mustache. Different John Adams. Yeah. It's a, it's a good look. And it also differentiates him from Maxwell Smart. You know, you say, oh, well, that's kind of done. But look, he's got the mustache. That's so a different guy. Yeah. Same bits, but new facial hair, so it's totally different. Yeah, how is he allowed to do <laughs> Maxwell Smart stuff on Check It Out? It's like, he didn't write that, did he? I mean, he was the writer <laughs> of his jokes. But yeah, like he had trademark it, I guess. Like, I guess not. Whole House and Family Matters probably all had the same jokes. <laughs> all right, so uh, what was the episode you saw from season two? Uh, season two, I watched the one with the chain letter. Okay, yeah, I've only, uh, uh, again, I watch Check It Out when I'm falling asleep at night, so I uh, I missed some chunks of episodes, and I, I I don't even know if I've seen them all yet. I think so, probably. Uh, but yeah, I have seen the Chain Letter one. Random parts. But I can't remember, uh, for those young kids out there, this was usually a staple of uh, sitcoms back in the day. There's always yeah. an episode about Chain Letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's right up there with people baking a souffle, and then someone makes a lot of noise, and the souffle falls. Where it's like every show had to do it. <laughs> or someone getting hit head over the head with a, a violin or a, a, a flower pot and getting amnesia. In their memory, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, the chain letter one, uh, what else is going on there, though? I He doesn't want to, he breaks the chain letter, right? Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't believe in it, so he doesn't, you know, send it along. And all kind of bad things start happening. I think somebody was trying to sue them. For some reason, and then that uh, the checkout girl like ends up in the hospital. Oh, uh, she like she like quits or whatever, and then she ends up in the hospital, and he feels bad. And he goes to visit her in the hospital, and there's a lady with like a full body cast, and he thinks that's yeah, her. Yeah, he it's her again. That's another that was first done on Taxi that I can recall. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about Check It Out is basically every plot is taken from Taxi or Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Like some variation of a tax or ah. cheers plot. They just rip it off. But, I can uh, see that. It's done less well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Canadian TV show. You know what you want. Yeah. It's only 66% is funny because of the exchange rate. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I like that episode. That episode was, episode's fine. It's not a, uh, one of the winners. It wouldn't be on my top 11 list, you know, but it was okay. fine. Yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, what did you see in season three? Okay, so season three, I'm flipping through, and one, you know, the description definitely caught my attention, uh, where they mentioned that the checkout girl who's got this crazy 80s hair, uh, she's going to pose nude in a magazine. Yes, <laughs> yes, I've seen this one a few times. Uh, yeah. So uh, Marlene, Marlene Remeronner is her name, I believe. No one can ever pronounce her last name. It's, it's a running gag. Uh, but she's like a punk rock girl. And yeah, she's a I like her. Yeah, and her, 
and her hair changes throughout constantly throughout each season. Her hair's every episode. Her hair's something screwy. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, she's uh, working one day, and some guy goes into interview. Says we're doing a a, a piece on uh, women in the world. You know, working women in the world or whatever. Yep. So she thinks this is going to be like a nice news article about her and whatnot. But here it's uh, kind of like a Playboy situation where you yeah. also have to pose nude. <laughs> yep. They don't mention that till way later on. <laughs> so in the end, she uh, turn she declines the offer. But, yeah, uh, she was all for it at first. Like she was going to yeah. do it. Um, then Don Adams tried to talk her out of it. And she's like, nope, I'm doing it. Yeah, but then the dopey uh, Gordon Clapp, metal boy Oops. from... Yeah, that guy. <laughs> he's the worst character <laughs> in Mavian TV history. He is so... like He's he just really this, is. a stereotypical dumb guy. He's like the uh, maintenance guy at the grocery store or whatever. And yeah. uh, But he's just so dumb. None of his jokes are funny. They're just awful. Um, yeah, not even like a convincing way. Like Not like, you know, a Woody where he's kind of naive and dumb. But like, just like this guy's talking like this. I'm a big dumb guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's awful. <laughs> like he, like he's so dumb he couldn't function in the real world. You know what I yeah. mean? Like this guy's just so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he, like his wife's having a baby, and he has a conversation with Marlene, and he says something about uh, he wants his kids to be proud of him. He goes, "Hey, I bet when you put your pictures up on the wall there from this article, your 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 kid will be proud of that too." And that gets Marlene to be thinking, "Oh, wait a minute, will she be proud of me being naked in a magazine?" So she decides not to do it, even yeah. though she doesn't have kids. So, (laughs) but someday maybe, (laughs) but you know, so there it is. Uh, so what'd you think of that one? Do you like that one a little better? No, (laughs) (laughs) that janitor guy, he was a big part of that episode. I forget who else. There's somebody else who's like really just doing a, I don't know, like a weird voice. And I wasn't buying any of these characters at all. Like (laughs) I just, the whole show just seems flat, and, and I did not care for it at all. It's uh, <laughs> I hear you. Like I said, it's a hacky uh, sitcom. It's nothing like to be excited about. But uh, I still yeah. enjoy it because it's Don Adams, and uh, I think he does a really good job. And uh, in season two particularly, there's a bunch where he just does a bunch of wacky stuff. It seemed like uh, their goal every episode was get him to dress up in a crazy costume or something. <laughs> so it's pretty good. <laughs> but I still enjoy it. Uh, you can tell the difference between like when I'm watching Cheers and and even Night Court compared to this show. It's like, yeah, these are like definitely better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to check it out. Was. Well, Cheers is considered one of the greatest shows ever. So yeah. <laughs> you know, there's kind of a, bar, a gap there between the two of them. <laughs> but um, I like Edna. I like his girlfriend Edna. <laughs> Secretary. Uh. <laughs> now I think they're a nice couple, though. You know what I mean? I think. They're, oh sure, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, not like I think she's Fox here. I just think they're a nice couple. Um, yeah, if you only – you didn't see – because by season two, they get rid of one of the, the girls because there was another checkout girl. And then uh, they don't have Mrs. Cobb in there either, though, like the owner of the store as much. And then in season oh, three, terrible too. <laughs> she sells to a corporation. Um, and then I think that one bag boy leaves by season three too, that Murray. Yeah, I noticed a lot of new faces by that third season episode, yeah. I was like, I don't remember this guy. Yeah, they're just, like, rotating in different, like, bag boys and stuff. Yeah. Which so. I guess is fitting for a grocery store. They probably don't hold on to employees for that long. Yeah. A lot of summer yeah. jobs and shit. Hey, Don Adams, he has some funny stuff. All right, well, you'll be amazed that when I could do the top 11 check it out episodes. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> 
now that I know how uh, how entertaining the show is. Yeah, it's on Tubi for those kids out there who want to watch it. Tuffy, you're going to tune in to check it out this week, right? You're going to check out some episodes? Um, no, but I think we could have a quick uh, production meeting here in the middle of the show. I think um, <laughs> we should have a whole segment now devoted to this, and it's called Time to Check Out. We put it at the end of the episode so all the <laughs> listeners know that this is your time to check out of listening to this episode. <laughs> Don Adams' TV shows should be a fixture on this podcast. But it should always be. <laughs> um, all right, but that's next week. Check it out. We should have a guest next week. We thought we were going to have Cousin Brandon this week. It looked like Brandon was going to be here. But then, he, yeah. he uh, of course, he had to cancel. So, you know. Um, <laughs> He's a very busy man. But uh, maybe next week, Cousin Brandon. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, or maybe Larry, because I forgot to email Larry again. I should check on Larry. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, he's probably been watching all these hockey playoffs too, I imagine. <laughs> no, he's very excited about the Pirates. He's always tweeting about the Pirates because the Pirates are like actually decent this year. Oh, like, well, look at that. I think they're like 13 and 7, 14 and 7, something like that. So, yeah. Oh, 500. Good. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty good. <laughs> all right. Uh, so before we get into the Maniac Cop thing, Tuffy. Went to a musical because if it's one thing I know about Tuffy, he <laughs> loves musicals. Yeah, can't keep me away. Uh, <laughs> what musical did you see, Tuffy? The Book of Mormon. No, I, I didn't know what this was, but then I would uh, like you, to see that one. Yeah, you yeah. said last week this is those South Park kids doing this, right? Yeah. So like Cartman's in it and stuff. No. Oh <laughs> uh, no doesn't have any of the South Park people in it, but it's the the South Park kids who wrote it, along with um, the husband of the husband and wife duo who wrote the Frozen musical numbers in those movies. <laughs> that gets me less excited than yeah. the South Park kids. <laughs> yeah, but he also had written um, Avenue Q, which I think was like a raunchier version yeah. of Sesame Street. Sesame Street, yeah. Those songs were great. The Internet is yeah. Reformed. Oh, my God. What a great song. Wait, what was that song, Jake? I missed the title. <laughs> the Internet is for Porn. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> me up all night hugging me horn for porn. For porn. <laughs> wow. Jake can quote it. How about that? Yeah. That's a great song. So this but musical, the, they just make fun of Mormons? Is that all it is? Uh, yeah, a little bit of that. You know, it's the South Park guys. So they're uh, kind of like their Scientology episodes. And I think they've had some Mormon episodes of South Park, too. Um, that's about right. Because yeah, I ended up going to this. Well, if I recall correctly, uh, Tuffy, uh, the the Mormons isn't there something about buried gold tablets or something that some guy said he he read and that kind of thing or something? Uh, that is correct. Joseph Smith found uh, was told, well, according to the the musical, I think he was told by an angel to dig yes. a hole in his uh, his farm field, and he found some gold plates, but he was not allowed to show them to anybody else. Correct. They had. <laughs> Uh, more books of the Bible where two Israel-like tribes had sailed to the to North America. And uh, when Jesus was crucified, the three days that he was dead before he rose again, he came to America to talk to them. Oh, wow. <laughs> or something like you want to go to Vegas yeah. the weekend. Yeah. That's always uh, good. When I, I have these gold tablets, but you can't see them. Oh, I'm the only one who can see yeah. them. <laughs> All right, so Tuffy, why did you go to this musical? It's because your buddy he went to rest, he watched WrestleMania with you, right? Is he the guy that took you? Uh, yeah, so he's more into the uh, performing arts scene of Springfield. He's a he's a yeah. native here, 
he's from Springfield, so he's been involved in the local community scene since he was a child, more more or less. Ah. Not so much involved now, but you know, was okay. involved in like the municipal theater when he was in school. And uh, he called me up like a month ago and said, "Hey, the Book of Mormon's playing. It's like seventy dollars for a ticket. Holy Would you fuck. go if I bought tickets?" And I said, "If you buy tickets, I <laughs> guess I'll go." <laughs> you didn't even yeah, offer coffee. My- no, I mean, I'm paying for my ticket. But oh, all right. If, if nice. he wants to go, I will accompany him. Well, that's nice of you. That's nice of you. Yeah. But also, I know knowing it's a South Park guy, it's like, it's still going to be a good good show. I guess. But, uh, I don't know. I really would be, it'd be tough getting me into a musical. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, but this, this but, one is supposedly very highly rated, and South Park guys are good, so. Yeah. But, but would, they're still, like, singing and shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's gonna, that's it's fine, though. It's going to be you rough. Know. I also um, recognize that I need to leave my apartment sometimes, and nah. if I, so I'm never going to do that yeah, on my own. You'll get over that by the time you turn 40. Yeah. <laughs> It'll go away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we went over there, uh, and, well, first, because it's in, like, the uh, the University of Illinois at Springfield Performing Arts Center. So... That is not U of I, like the main campus for the University of Illinois. That's in Champaign, Island. Illinois. Yeah. This is like a, a satellite part of the university system. So it's a maybe 1,400 seat theater, I would guess. Holy That's hell. still decent sized. Yeah. But uh, So we got there, I don't know, quarter to seven. The show starts at 7.30, so I walked around the lobby, had to go use the bathroom, and then our seats were on, like, the second level. So I just walked up some stairs in the center, and then there were some doors there. We had, like, it's a ticketed event. You have tickets, and there was no one at the door, so I just walked in. Because, like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know where they scan these tickets. <laughs> I walked in, and I hear, like, the orchestra warming up, and then one of the ushers was in there. She's like, oh, are you guys with the show or something? I said, no. It's like, how'd you, how'd you get in here? It's like, look. Well, the door's over there. It's like, oh, I don't think the house is open yet. It's like, oh, all right. So that was the start of the night is me just kind of wandering through this building where there's very little security to enter the actual performance center. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so then uh, 7 o'clock, they open the door, so we go in and sit down. And, I mean, the people at this thing, like, the, the freaks were out, man, I'll tell you. <laughs> What kind of what kind of crowd are we talking? Was it a full house? Do you think? Oh yeah. Uh, so as I as we were walking up to the theater, because it's like a kind of glass window, like floor to ceiling windows, kind of on the first floor exterior, and all I saw was people at least seven years old and up. <laughs> Which my first crowd? thought was like, <laughs> I know this is like a musical, but do, do they know what musical this is? That this was written by the South Park. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be their thing. And then uh, once we got into the lobby, there was a more varied crowd. But again, uh, just the weirdos of Springfield, Illinois, I think, turned out for this thing. <laughs> weirdos can afford $70 tickets? I, that's what I was wondering. <laughs> uh, so well, yeah, first, so we went, all right, a couple questions. First of all, Tuffy, how, yeah. how did you dress to attend a musical? Uh, well, I went from work over to my buddy's house, so I was wearing, like, um, khaki pants, but not even the khaki material. They're actually black, not, <laughs> yes. not khaki. Keeping the yeah. alive. 
And then just like a uh, purple, uh, like polo golf shirt sort of thing. Okay, so not like a, a suit and tie or anything. All right. yeah. No, and again, the the attire of the crowd was varied. There were some people there in like sport coats and button down shirts, and I saw one guy who looked like he had just climbed off his tractor and he was still wearing overalls and a flannel shirt. <laughs> would, would he be one of the freaks, or what classified freaks in your? Um, no, he wasn't a freak. He was more of an anomaly. The freaks were more like the uh, you know people probably my age and younger who just look like they haven't bathed in a few days, I would say. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds terrible. Yeah, just sort of a scruffy look, you know, wearing like a T-shirt and cargo pants, kind of uh, huh. unshaved beards, unkempt look about them. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. They even have their balls hanging out. But it was, you know, was, <laughs> no, I didn't see any scrotums, so that was good. Okay. That was a plus. Uh, but it was also a South Park musical on April 20th, so I was also unsure what the crowd was going to look like in that respect. That's 420. Yeah. Yeah. Smoking the weed. Yeah. Yeah, That's what that means. (laughs) Or they're just big fans of Hitler. (laughs) Either one. Or that. (laughs) Be either. So Uh, how, how long was this musical? Uh, so it started at 7.30, we went and sat down, maybe 10 after, quarter after 7, and then, uh, cause we were in the front row of the, the middle level, cause there's, uh, a lower level, a middle level, and then an upper balcony. And, so for 15 minutes, I was just kind of watching the people beneath us, and the amount of people who, like, you're, they're almost all there with somebody else. And these people are just sitting on their phones, just like scrolling through messages or Facebook or I don't know. It's like you can talk to the people you're here with. You know, you don't have to just it's crazy. scroll your phone. But it was a lot of that. And then there were multiple people dressed up like characters from the show, which I also oh, no. thought was weird. Like wearing white button-down shirts with a tie and, like, the Mormon uh, name placard that you hang in the shirt pocket there. Huh. That's, like, worse than wearing a a T-shirt for the band to that band's concert. Yeah. You don't step beyond that. Yeah. That was kind of what I thought, too. Huh. That's weird. Uh, But how long of a show was this? Uh, Two and a half hours. Holy fuck. With an intermission. There's an intermission in there. And I, I think that's probably kind of standard for, like, a musical. That is yeah. way too Dude. much singing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's a good show. I'm guessing there are dance numbers as well, right? Yeah, there is dancing and singing. That is a Broadway musical. <laughs> this sounds like the worst night ever. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people, uh, freaks, dancing and singing. Yeah. That ain't good. <laughs> so the, uh, it starts out, a lady comes out, um, with a microphone because the stage is kind of set up to have like a, uh, like a, a stage design where there's like a, uh, arch around the stage that looks kind of like the uh, Mormon tabernacle, I guess, their church there in Salt Lake City. Um, and then a, I think it was a backlit sort of projection screen curtain was the front of the stage then. 
And a lady just comes out and says, all right, I got some good news and bad news. And I have no idea who this lady is. And she looks like she could be a member of the show. Turns out she was the like director of the Performing Arts Center. And the bad news was that uh, one third of the bathrooms in the facility were out of order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because <laughs> there's like three towers, I guess, kind of towards the sides of the theater and the center of the theater in the back. And uh, Tower 3, out of order completely. What was the good news? Did you each get a free bucket? Well, no. So the good news was <laughs> uh, just her bragging about, you know, how many supporters of the theater they have this year because they have a program for Friends of the Theater or something. Uh, and they have 700 people who are Friends of the Theater this year, and everyone starts clapping. And it's like, why are you clapping? None of this helps any of you. This is just her bragging yeah. about how well she's doing at her job, I guess. Especially if you have to go to the bathroom. That's not helping. Yeah. yeah. Maybe those people yeah. should give some more money so that you can fix the goddamn bathroom. <laughs> exactly. And then uh, they had sold out, I think, the three performances they had of this show, sold over 4,000 tickets. Wow. Well, and everyone well, clapped again. And it's like, what? again, why are you clapping? All you suckers paid, like, at least $70 <laughs> for a ticket yeah. to this thing. At least 70. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. It's crazy. So, what, yeah. what, what is that, like 280 grand they're making off that? That's got to be quite a bit. Yeah. It's nuts. But, yeah, because I was also trying to figure out the logistics of, like, a touring Broadway show of, like, does the theater pay them to come here and then uh, try and recoup that money through tickets or – is it a flat fee to get them there and then they get a percentage of the gate? I don't really know. Yeah, it's a good question. Good yeah. question. I don't know. I would think they would have to pay them to be there, but I guess, you know, like the show uh, has to if pay it's the a major venue. theater, maybe they're paying the theater, but this is Springfield, Illinois. They're, they got to entice these people to come here, I think. <laughs> yeah, this isn't Broadway. Not even Chicago. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that is something. So, did you enjoy the show, Tuffy? Yeah, it's a very good musical. Very funny. All right. See, since you said a lot it's, it's very good, you could have stopped it there. But you said a very good musical, so right away I'm just hearing, "Oh, it sucks." <laughs> no, it's very funny. It's very good. If anyone can sure it's see way it, better than check it out. <laughs> no, no, yeah. check it out. The musical <laughs> would be amazing. <laughs> I don't think it I mean, was. I've, uh, I've tried watching that Hamilton musical on uh, Disney Plus before, and yeah. like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. I saw like yeah. two seconds of it somewhere, and I, like on Twitter or something. I'm like, well, this is garbage. I can't do this. Yeah, this is terrible. Yeah, this isn't made for me. Weird Al did a, polk, a polka of one of those songs, and I was like, I don't even like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you just got to accept that some things in life just aren't for you, you know, and yeah. uh, musicals just aren't for me. And I'm fine with that. Just move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Because the premise is you have, uh, you know, these two young Mormon gentlemen who are going out on their missionary trip because uh, all Mormons, I don't know if they have to or if it's just the thing that they all do, but they go for two years to do missionary work as pairs. And so the one guy is the, uh, you know, the pride of the missionary training center. He's the best Mormon there. And so he's hoping he gets to go to uh, Orlando for his mission because he really loves Orlando. And uh, instead they get sent to Uganda. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right. Yeah. So then there's a lot of uh, comedy around, you know, the sort of fish out of water element of things. So the whole show takes place in Uganda? Uh, most of it. Like the very beginning is not. The very beginning is at the Missionary Training yeah. Center in Salt Lake City. And then the uh, the other of the pair is the sort of uh, goofball um, guy who's not very good at anything. Because he was played by Josh Gad on the bro- original Broadway performance. You know who that is? I do not know who that is. I know. Uh, an overweight, curly-haired Jewish man. Yeah. <laughs> what would I know him from? Um, he's on a TV show, Avenue 5, I know. On HBO, but you don't have that, so we just I've never that. heard of that. Uh, he plays Olaf in the Frozen movies. Not <laughs> um, yeah, he was <laughs> he was LeFou in the live action adaptation of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> All right, we might as well just stop now because this is getting <laughs> worse every time you go. Um, That's just me reading the Wikipedia page. Those aren't things I actually know him from. Uh, what I actually have seen him in, but was he ever in a movie with a monkey? Because then I might know him. But uh, I don't think so. He's in the Angry Birds movies. He plays Chuck. <laughs> All right. Oh, good. Good for him. But uh, yeah, I have no interest yeah. in this fellow. He's sort of like a um. Uh, who's the guy from Jonah Hill? Yeah, sort of like Jonah Hill. <laughs> yeah. That's what I always compare him to. But then did Jonah Hill get all skinny now? Yeah, this is a still fat version. All right. Yeah. So yeah, so that wh- guy. Uh, so these the, two, the super. Yeah, go ahead. The super good Mormon guy. You know, he's like, he's trying to convert them, and there's a, you know like a warlord who just kind of runs him out of town. So then the uh, the fat kind of oafish character. Um, is never very good at things, and, like, he's a follower. He's not a leader, so he's happy to be paired with the great guy because he's like, well, I'm just a follower, so you can do all the work, and I'll just follow along. Uh, and then when the good guy leaves, uh, he just goes and starts making up stuff to keep all the Ugandans like, oh, no, 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 you can't uh, – you don't want to do that because the Book of Mormon says, you know, Joseph Smith did X, Y, and Z, and he's just making it up and referencing Star Wars and Star Trek and – Avengers and making up stories from pop culture to tell them what they want to hear instead of what the actual Book of Mormon says. Okay, so like, yeah, the Book of Mormon, that's like his little catchphrase. You know, the Book of Mormon says, so that's where that comes from. Because uh, when I heard about this musical, I thought it was going to be them making fun of the Book of Mormon, like in all of Mormon history. Like, I thought it would be. Oh, there's set, definitely elements of that in it, yeah. But I thought it would be like an origin story. You know, of the Book of Mormon. But this is not now, what that is. Now, this is uh, like current Mormons. All right. But it does make fun of the history of Mormonism, too. Yeah, I thought there'd be like a John Smith situation. Like, you, there'd be a John Smith character, and, you know, he'd be going through and that kind of thing. But right. Yeah. Yeah, there are, uh, there are interstitials where they show, like, Joseph Smith doing things, too. Oh, okay. Explaining the history of Mormonism, but that's not the main plot. How about that? But, uh... Yeah, I would say it's a nine out of ten, maybe ten. Wow, might be a might be a perfect ten. What? Wow, it's very good, <laughs> very good. I don't know if it's like eighty dollars good, but it's very good. <laughs> so it's seventy dollars good. 
Uh, well, 80, 70 plus the service charge and oh, tax and everything. Charge. So it was 80 out, out of pocket. Those sons of bitches. Um, Bastards. Are you going around the house singing songs from the show? No, I couldn't remember one right. tune from the show. Well, then it's not a 10 out of 10, you know? It should be. You should well, be if you only see it once, uh, yeah, it'd be yeah, hard to remember. It should be in your head. Like that Seinfeld episode with the... Uh, uh, in the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of his name, Jason Alexander. From, uh, George. Yeah. yeah George. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, the, uh, did the musical from, tell you how you can sign up for this missionary training? Because that sounds pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you got to be a Mormon for that. Mm. That's worth it. But they're going to need a lot of training because they have multiple wives. So, you know, that's why they got to train them. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, well, there it is. position allowed. Every uh, yeah. new s- segment on the show, Tuffy will review a musical every week here on the LCS yeah. Hockey Radio Show. So there you go. All right. Uh, should we get to Maniac Cop? Sure. sure. I'd still like to do more on Check It Out, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> i got to save that for Sweeps Week. All right, uh, Maniac Cop, 1988. We mentioned Troma Production, Bruce Campbell. Uh, who'd you say the other guy is? Tom Atkins? Tom Atkins, yeah. Now, how do... Halloween 3 and many other movies. But, yeah, he was Dr. Chalice in Halloween 3. That's the main thing I always know him from. Oh, okay. All right, because he, he did look kind of familiar. Uh, I will say this about... He was in the, the, of the Fog. I think he was in a lot of, like, uh, John Carpenter-related films. Because this uh, Tom Atkins fella in this movie here, you know, he looks like an older fella, and he has a very hot twenty-some-year-old uh, news anchor who really wants to get with him, and he's yeah. like playing it all cool, like no, no, no. And I was very depressed because I'm like, I know this guy is going to be younger than me because <laughs> uh, he looks so fucking old. But I, I looked it up. He was fifty-three when he made. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still getting it under the wire at <laughs> that time. Yeah, but that girl was 27, the actress. Nice. So, huh. Like, when they wrote that, they had to know how ridiculous it was, right? Like, <laughs> this. You would think. I mean, it's not like they consummated, so who knows? <laughs> why was she it's not as ridiculous? But they have her being, like, super horny for him, and he's like, nah, I can't, you know, I'm, he's playing all cool and stuff. Like, yeah, I can't, you know, but whatever. Well, he probably used to babysit her, and, you know, she got a crush on him. <laughs> Maybe he's the babysitter, her babysitter. This guy's fucking old. That's, yeah. uh, I don't know. Is there anyone else uh, we should mention? You mentioned Richard Roundtree's in it briefly. Um, Robert Zadar, he plays yeah. the main cop. Chin. Yeah, the chin. Um, <laughs> well, uh, Hollywood. Uh, uh, Samurai Holly- Cop. Yeah. Samurai Cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was yeah, the other one? Hollywood that. Cop wasn't good. Samurai Cop was the good one. Uh, it was not as good, no. That's yeah. the one where uh, they, they kidnapped that kid. I remember there was a rape scene in Hollywood Cop. Just a blatant. Oh, there sure was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is never a good thing. But uh, Samurai Cop was what I was thinking of. Zadar was in that, right? Yep. Yeah, he was one of the bad guys in there. Remember he was with the hot Asian lady in bed? And he was trying to kiss her, right? Yeah. And it's the most awkward kissing scene ever filmed. Well, I don't know how you kiss someone when that chin is, like, jutting out like that. Like, you can't get near the lady. (laughs) 
You got this big block between you. Apparently, he uh, was a former cop himself with the, in the with the Chicago Police Department. Uh-huh. Mr. Rockford said, "Our guy." Oh. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Yeah. But here he's the like maniac shot. cop. Uh, a lot of yeah. Italian in that guy. The IMDb description of this film: A killer dressed in a police uniform begins murdering innocent people in the streets of New York City. And it gets a six out of ten on IMDb, so it's not bad for IMDb. Yeah. The, the director is a fellow named William Lustig. Uh, he also did a film called Maniac, and then a couple years later, he did Maniac <laughs> Cop. So, wow! Yeah, got the whole spectrum covered. I have seen Maniac. Pretty good oh. movie. And the writer here is Larry Cohen. Uh, I guess he did some other stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't notice anything. Of, uh, I should have really mentioned. Although the one trivia note about Larry Cohen, whatever movie he makes, uh, his daughter is in there, and she always gets murdered. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if his daughter may have been the lady who was murdered first in this movie. I think possibly. That may have been his daughter. Oh, that would make sense. I think. But he's kind of like uh, the guy who made Governor Gabby, except I don't think she always gets murdered. <laughs> she made it through Governor Gabby, okay. <laughs> but he's always putting his daughter in those movies. Uh, any other uh, trivia bits about uh, Maniac Cop? I don't know. It, did, it didn't make money. Like the budget was uh, $1.1 million and it grossed 600000 something, like six ninety maybe. So it didn't make money when it was released, but – it made a killing on the video market. Like, apparently, it was super successful in the video market, so that's why they made sequels to it. Especially in the Yeah, that would have to explain it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> Otherwise. <laughs> yeah, video rentals were here. I guess there's a huge demand for, like, American horror films overseas and stuff. So, Maniac Cop was very popular. So Yeah? Okay. Yeah, like uh, Bruce Campbell was in the second one too, right? Uh, I don't know. He might be because I I swear, like after the first ended on Tubi, like the second one is ready to roll, and there's a I saw Bruce Campbell. So, oh, nice. Might as well. I mean, I don't know why Bruce Campbell never got bigger than he was. He's he's one of the most charismatic guys out there, I would say. Yeah, he is listed. Uh, in uh, number two, and Claudia Christian, she's Fox. Hey, Robert Zadar is back in number two, and uh, Lorene Landon is also back. She plays a female detective, or a police officer at least, and Bruce Matt Campbell's Hooker. a police officer. Um, so, all right, uh, Jack, why don't you start us off with this thing? Uh, so I think it starts off with we see – the maniac cop kind of getting dressed. We don't see his face or anything, but we just kind of see him getting his, his uniform on and, you know, putting his gun in his holster and everything, getting ready to go out for the night. Yeah, and, it's uh, a nice little opening sequence of a cop getting ready to do his job. You know, look at this yeah. cop. And, I, and his name tag says Cordell. And, you know, if you take out the core part and you just look at the Dell, it's like, oh, look, it could have been my dad. You know, my dad was yeah. a Dell underneath. Like, oh, my goodness, this is my dad getting ready for it. But this crazy cop, he they uh, were all wearing white gloves. Was that a thing in New York City that they wore white gloves? It was something uh, you do for the parade or something like that, or like maybe a funeral, but not day to day. Yeah, that was weird. 
in the white gloves. Yeah, very formal. Um, this guy may be a maniac, but he's got good style. <laughs> <laughs> but he's classy. That's yeah. standards. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we see him getting ready uh, for for his job or whatever. We don't know he's a killer yet. And then oh. uh, the first scene, I think, is a lady, uh, a waitress leaving a bar, right? And she's yeah. walking out. And Shelly Long walking out, walking home from the bar. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they're like, hey, you know, we should, like, she's like, oh, I got a, I got a day job. I got to get out of here. So she's walking home, and it kind of turn, turns into the beginning of uh, the Ninja Turtles movie where a bunch of muggers <laughs> try to rob her in New York City. Except there's no Ninja Turtles to save her, so she just kind of fights them off with her purse. And, yeah, the, uh, she's walking down the street, and a guy reaches out from, like, down below, you know, through the a railing, grabs her ankle, mm-hmm. and then another guy jumps out of the skies. <laughs> it just comes flying out of nowhere. <laughs> and they start beating her. And these are, like, the worst muggers ever because this lady just – she gives it to him with her purse. Yeah. She sure does. She beats the fuck out of these guys. And then she There's goes like some running. That guy bringing out the garbage, and he's like, oh, I'm not getting involved. Yeah. <laughs> on your own, lady. <laughs> uh, so she's oh, running, gosh. though, and she yep. sees a cop standing off in the distance. Yeah. And she's like, hey, he's like, these guys are chasing me. Help me, help me. And uh, he just kind of starts throttling her. <laughs> just grabs her by the neck and starts choking <laughs> life out of her. <laughs> yeah, he like lifts her up high too, and he's choking her, yeah. and he just snaps After her neck. Bang! Yeah. So here we go. I don't know, Tuffy. What'd you think at this point? Because I thought, hey, this is pretty good. I think the, yeah, we, got the, we were we off got to the, a good start. Yeah, we got the makings of a good little movie here. I think. Yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Wasn't too bad. All right. So what's next, Jack? Do you? I just watched this like an hour ago, and I still don't remember. <laughs> Uh, I think then we get a scene where there's a couple in a car. They're stuck at a red light, oh. and uh, the guy leans over and kisses the girl a little bit. And all of a sudden, there's a tap on the the window from you know a cop. And they're like, "Oh, what the hell? Like, well, I guess it's illegal to kiss someone in traffic." Well, what I what confused me about this is they're this is at night, and uh, they're driving up, and they're not paying attention. And she gets really excited to tell him, "Hey, look out for that red light!" So she like screams it, and he slams on the brakes, and he's like. Phew. We stopped at the red light. There isn't a car in sight. You know? <laughs> nope. There is no yeah. traffic anywhere. What does it fucking matter if you stopped at the goddamn red <laughs> I can understand if, like, a truck came through the intersection or something, but there's no one around, you know? We're also <laughs> having a few pops while they're driving around. You know, they got the alcohol flowing. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so but they're very relieved that they didn't run through that red light. And uh, But, yeah, the cop comes up and he knocks on the door. And then I also like uh, – because he doesn't say anything, the maniac cop. And it's shot from inside the car. So he, his white-gloved hand is tapping on the window. He rolls the window down. And then he does the old finger, like, come here, you know. But he doesn't say anything. And then the lady in the passenger seat says, I think he's telling you to follow him. Yeah, no shit. Uh-huh. Do we really need you to vote? <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> so, so the guy leaves the car there, Jank, and uh, what happens? Uh, they're standing around. He's standing with the co- maniac cop. Uh, they're in front of the car, like you see the headlights shining on him and stuff. Looks like he starts trying to do the breathalyzer thing, like touching his nose, showing he's not drunk. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and the maniac cop just like he pulls out a knife uh, from like his sheath there and just starts cutting the fuck out of him. And then he throws him at the windshield, and it looks awesome because it's like superhuman strength. The guy really just goes flying, and it's super slow motion. It's it's great looking. It was a terrible effect, but I loved it. And yeah, he throws him right at the windshield, and the 
the lady's just like, ah, and freaks the fuck out, and she, like, switches over to the driver's seat and drives away. Yeah, he lets her live. Maniac cop doesn't kill her. Yeah. <laughs> so we have a witness, a couple witnesses now. Okay, well, they arrested, uh, for the first killing, the cops arrested the two muggers for the killing. Because yeah, that guy yeah. taking out the garbage said he saw those two kids chasing that lady. So if she ended up dead, they probably did it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. so they got arrested. But then our Tom Atkins, the, the McCree, I think his name is. He's our he, hero yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, McCray. Yeah. He's saying, hey, there's no one, no one could do this. Those two punk kids could do this. They had to be really strong, you know? Cause look, look how strong they had to be to choke this lady out. And Tuffy, when he's at the coroner's office and they're looking at the dead girl's body, there's another cop there or something. And uh, he's very queasy about looking at the dead girl. He's like, ah, cover up her face or whatever. But this McCray yeah. guy, he's hardcore, man. He's uh, <laughs> well, he's, he's, yeah, he's seen it all. all. Yeah, he's yeah. tough. <laughs> I like this McCray guy. I also like that. There's a Captain Ripley we meet later. Uh, I think his name was Ripley, yeah. right? Like mommy. And uh, uh, but he's a badass too. I like that guy. <laughs> the way he talked and everything. Smokes almost as many darts as Tuffy, I think. <laughs> a very rough, gravelly voice. Yeah. Ripley. But, uh, Tuffy, do you remember anything else important that happened in this uh, coroner scene where he's looking at the body? Uh, I don't think so. Well, I think the thing is he recognizes her, right? Well, he knows her, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he drinks at the bar or whatever where she was. Yeah, I think he said she always <laughs> had the latest jokes. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I told her she Every should have been one of the comedians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Latest jokes. <laughs> and then he gets all serious and he's looking at her and he's like, uh, you're probably in tr- trouble. And you turn to a cop. You know, and he gives a real serious moment. It's pretty good. Loved it. So, I was liking this movie, man. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I still don't hate it even by the end. Yeah. It runs out of gas a little bit, but. Well, there, there's a couple of flaws here. We'll get to them here in a second. But uh, they're setting up the uh, – they're, they're planting the seeds like, oh, maybe this Atkins is the is the, uh, the maniac cop. Yeah. Because he gets called in to talk to his boss there, and his boss is like, hey, you know, you're a little uh, – you're a little loose uh, cannon here. That You're a little unwound up uh, all oatmeal north of the eyebrows here, aren't you, Atkins? <laughs> Didn't you try and uh, shoot yourself last year? You know? And he's like, the gun yeah, went off. Partner. <laughs> yeah, well, one week after your partner, like, uh, got killed in duty, your gun accidentally goes off. Yeah. But that's actually a really good line, and that gun went off. Like, that, that's, a, so that's a good line in terms of writing. So, uh, yeah, he's like, so his partner died on the duty, and then he tried to commit suicide, but I guess failed. I don't know. Um, yeah. And so this actually is like, he's like, hey, like, you, you're kind of, like, unhinged. Like, you don't smile a lot. So then Tom Atkins tries to do like a creepy <laughs> smile and be like, you look, I can smile. <laughs> and it's coming off super fake and it was pretty great. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're playing. Maybe, maybe he's the maniac cop. But then, uh, there's another cop that could be the, ma- uh, Bruce Campbell. We meet Bruce Campbell, yeah. right? Well, uh, clearly the maniac cop has this massive jaw. So if you're going to get like, you got the guy with the biggest jaw in Hollywood. You got, you got to get the guy with the second biggest jaw, who's Bruce Campbell, to be the red herring. Otherwise, no one would believe it. That was one of the trivia notes on IMDb that uh, both Bruce Campbell and Robert Zadar were nicknamed the Chin at one point <laughs> in their lives. So yeah, uh, yep. but uh, Campbell is oh by the way, Campbell is what most famous for Evil Dead, right? And Sam Raimi. Yeah. Uh, 
basically and I, every Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> well, I guess the way this movie got made was towards the end of the movie, there's a scene where at the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade and there's footage of the parade and stuff. Sam Raimi shot that footage and they oh. use that to convince uh, investors that the movie would actually be good, like, you know, professionally made. And that's what got the movie made. <laughs> Sam Raimi's <laughs> little. Yeah. <laughs> About that. Wow. Yep. So that's, that's something. Yeah. Um, I guess there's also a Sam Raimi reference in here somewhere. Like if you look at cardboard boxes or something, there's someone named what they're marked Westlake. And was there a character named Westlake and Sam Raimi, some sort of movie? But I don't know. I don't know my Sam Raimi, but uh, I don't know. Apparently it was a nod to him, I guess. I That's pretty cool. Whatever. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Tuffy, uh, would you like to tell us about Bruce Campbell and his wife? <laughs> uh, yeah, so he tells his wife he's got to go uh, work overtime or something, right? Yeah, he's got to put in some extra work at night, you know? Yeah. yeah, and she says, you've been working a lot of overtime, and they're having marriage troubles. They got a – he talks about how they're going to marriage counseling, and uh, at one point she says something like she just hates him, and she doesn't know why, and he says, why don't you tell that to the counselor then? Uh, I guess the counseling wasn't going well. <laughs> yeah, she's, like, depressed, yeah. too. She she feels like she's getting depressed. I like the wife. I thought she was kind of foxy. And uh, he's like, you know what? Um, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out or whatever. And uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, we'll figure it out. And he, uh, whatever, I don't know, whatever. So, uh, but she doesn't trust him. There was a, there was a very no. telling line here that I think Mike Dell needs to learn from, where she's like, I've been sleeping a lot. They say sleeping too much makes you depressed. <laughs> <laughs> those, those people clearly don't know what they're talking about. So, <laughs> I, I wasn't able to get a nap today. And, Ooh. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, you feel a lot better. <laughs> I went and shot hockey today, too, so I could really use the nap. But I uh, I did not get a nap today. Uh, yesterday, before flea market fantasy toughy, I did take my usual nap after dinner. But I made the mistake of waking up after like forty minutes and saying, you know what, I'm uh, I can go back to sleep for a little bit longer. I ended up sleeping for like two and a half hours. So yeah. Now you say <laughs> things like I took a nap and after dinner, but that does not locate this at any particular time of day for me. Because <laughs> for all I know, that's at like five a.m. Well, my usual nap time is between like uh, eight. And uh, nine o'clock is usually PM. Yeah, PM, PM, PM. Yeah. So, and I have the one meal a day, and then after I wake up and I, I'll have a like a protein shake around uh, eleven. Yeah, I'll I'll eat at like seven, and then I'll have a protein drink at like uh, eleven or something. I'll have some more uh, roasted uh, fava beans or something, you know. So I get all my food within like a a four or five hour window. Okay. Inter- intermittent fasting, you know, and then oh, yeah. I wake up, I wake up the next I mean, day and I do my exercise. Again, calling it food feels generous, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, minimum yeah, sustenance. but the secret to a good nap is when you wake up, wake up, don't go back to sleep. You got to get, you got to get up. So I was pretty groggy for flea market fantasy, but, uh, yeah. I wish I yeah. even just, I just, I can't. <laughs> Oh man, napping's the best. <laughs> it is so good. Napping. <laughs> Maybe I'll do a segment on napping. I could tell you some tips on how to nap. <laughs> I'm a professional. I can tell you how to do it. Uh, I guess ballerinas, one of the tricks they do is they take a little 10 to 15 minute nap and they put their legs up, I guess. 
and for some reason that's supposed to put blood down into your and make you that your nap even more powerful or something. But um they're a bunch of pussies. You know, you just gotta nap however you want. Just nap however you want. Don't worry about <laughs> trying to maximize it. But uh yeah, just nap. So All right, I'm gonna take a nap behind the wheel. You you convinced <laughs> all my dreams. <laughs> right, but anyway. Um what were we saying about the samurai cop? Yeah, so Bruce oh. Campbell's wife is depressed because she sleeps too much. Yes, that yep. is. Yeah. Uh, so he tells her but, he's getting his uniform on, says he's going out to work overtime. But she's also been getting uh, phone calls from some crazy lady. Yeah. Yeah. Telling her that her husband's the maniac cop. He's the cop going around. Killer. Oh, yeah, we should mention uh, Tom Atkins, but at this point he had already spoken with the uh, Foxy TV lady at the bar, and he yeah. wanted her to broadcast that night on the news that there's a guy pretending to be a cop gunner on murdering people. Yeah, because there's, there's that, he also another the, scene uh, where he uh, to the another chief of police who said, let's keep this under wraps for now. And Detective McRae said, I think we need to investigate every person in this police department. Yeah, 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 that's where he said maybe we should investigate you because you're a little crazy. Your gun went off, your partner and everything. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Jack, there was another scene then that we – Yeah, there was another kill uh, before this as well where, uh, like, there's, like, an older an older man probably in his, like, 40s or 50s. He was, like, gray-haired. He was, like, getting in his car, and the maniac cop just comes up behind him and, like, cuffs him with his hands behind his back. And uh, so the, then the guy's just like, what the fuck? And he's getting the knife out to start stabbing him. But uh, the guy starts running, and then he, like, makes it to, like, his apartment building and starts, like, trying to hit the buzzers with his nose so that somebody will let him in. Yeah. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, hey, shut the fuck up down there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then the maniac cow kind of, like, starts chasing him again. And he falls and kind of, like, lands by some wet cement. And the maniac cow just grinds his face into the <laughs> wet cement and, like, drowning him. <laughs> yeah, so the next day they got to, like, jackhammer the dead guy out of the cement. He's still face yeah. first into the cement. And, and then there's also a little scene, I think, uh, after they did the news broadcast, everyone in the city now is panicked about cops. Yeah. So there's oh, a lady yeah. uh, who gets stopped in her car. A cop comes up, and she thinks she swears this is the maniac cop. She's so terrified. She reaches in her purse. She has a little gun. And when the cop pulls up to the window, she shoots him right in the head and kills the cop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's open season now on cops. Uh so McCray's plan backfired. Maybe that maybe uh, yeah. Richard Roundtree and the fellas down in management knew what they were talking about. McCray, you know, <laughs> got to keep this shit quiet. All right. So, uh, but Tuffy, yeah, the wife she's been getting these phone calls from some strange lady saying, "Hey, your husband's that maniac cop." They're talking about it on the yeah. news. He's the one going around killing things and killing everybody. So she's nervous now, Tuffy. So she she also has a gun. Everyone's got a gun in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he tells her, don't worry, you're safe here. You got a gun and you've been trained how to use it. So you'll be fine at home while I'm out working. Yeah, working. Air quotes. Uh-huh. Yeah, working. Uh, so she puts she puts on her yellow raincoat or trench coat or whatever, and she puts the little gun in her pocket and uh, she trails her husband. You know, she wants to see where her husband's going, that he's working at night. And uh, where's he going, Jank? <laughs> he's going to uh, patrol at a motel room. Uh, <laughs> so he goes into this like sleepy motel, and uh, she's like, "Wait a minute, this uh, this something seems off here." So she uh, she bursts into the hotel room. She doesn't knock and like have someone answer, right? She just walks in somehow. She she had a key somehow. Yeah, she like talked to the guy at the front desk or something. He was like, "Oh, my husband's here. I need a key or something like that." <laughs> but yeah, somehow she's got a key. So she just kind of walks into this hotel room, and there's Bruce Campbell. 
in bed with a lady cop. Yeah, that Lorene <laughs> Landon or whatever. And yeah. I, I was uh, now I was uh, I may have been playing champions at this point or something. But when I looked over, it seemed I expected, oh, well, I better pay attention now because maybe we'll see some yeah. boobs. Because maybe there'll be a lady, uh, you know, getting caught yeah. in the act, and you'll see her boobs. You would we think don't so. We don't see any boobs. <laughs> but when the, when she breaks in the room, I need an explanation. I expected Bruce Campbell would be on top of her. She'd be on top of Bruce Campbell, something. They're, you know, having the sex. But it looked like Bruce Campbell was face down on the bed, and she was behind him. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I mean, there's a thing called pegging Mike Dell. I don't know what was happening. But it was not what I. I mean, she's a vice see. cop, so she's probably got a big bag of uh, tricks there. Yeah. yeah, it's just I was taken aback because you know you're you're used to seeing what you you know these scenes. <laughs> so is he. Uh, it's just <laughs> so so she breaks in and uh, Bruce Campbell goes, "Oh man, you weren't supposed to follow me." <laughs> <And she's> like, <laughs> no, I think you were supposed to be working, uh, but here. And he says, "Hey, I didn't want you to find out, find out or find out like this, you know. I didn't want it to find out. Oh, really? That's not this isn't how you wanted her to find out, following you to a motel. Um, so send you some pictures. Yeah, he doesn't really get like. He's not very apologetic, right? He's he's kind of like that. No. I mean, he was letting her have it about her being bad at the marriage counseling earlier, so he's on his way out. You know, he knows this is over. Yeah, yeah." <laughs> I I think he says something like, "There's no reason for you to hate me or her or something like that." And uh, she I, mean, pull- I can think of one reason. Yeah, she pulls out the gun <laughs> and she just puts it right at Bruce Campbell like she's going to shoot him. And uh, and she's like, "Hey, she's like, oh, come on, put that down, put that down." And then the lady cop says, "Just let her go, let her go." And uh, so she runs out, and she's so distraught. Yeah. She runs out of the place, and what happens to her, Tuffy? Maniac cop gets her. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he just plucks her off the street, yanks her into a van. And, Only uh, Randy from Scream. Just the door. So Bruce Campbell, he got caught. High. Now, if you're, what do you think Bruce Campbell did in this situation? He clearly didn't chase after his wife. Because, nope. Yeah. So he just went and finished? Like, he just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he didn't go home because he would have known his wife was. Well, I guess maybe he did go home and figured she was just out still, but. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely didn't stay the night or anything because May comes the next day. Yeah, they didn't stay at the hotel, and I don't think he went home because otherwise he would have been worried about the whereabouts of his wife, you would and, think. And the, the fact that they're in a motel leads me to believe that that other cop's married too, right? I don't think so. Uh, no. but yeah, why they, they don't mention that. Why are they at a motel then? Why won't they just go to her place? I don't know. Well, that's a good question interesting all right so either way i mean maybe what they were doing where she had to be behind him was so <laughs> filthy yeah, that she, she just couldn't do that at home yeah someone else cleaned those she sheets. has nice sheets <laughs> <laughs> so anyway whatever happened um the next day at that motel the cleaning lady comes in and she finds that uh bruce campbell's wife is murdered on the bed her throat is sliced on the bed and yeah. So then the next day at the uh, police station there, he gets called out of a meeting by Captain Ridley there, or Ripley or whatever. Is it Ridley or Ripley? I don't know, whatever. He's Ripley. awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's Rhea Ripley's dad? Because I could see her having a dad like this guy. Ooh. This guy's pretty tough. <laughs> yeah. He's the kind of guy that would have raised mommy. But uh, he, he calls Campbell <laughs> and he goes, hey, I want to talk to you about your wife. 
He's like, ah, come on. What are you, you were interested in our personal lives now, you know? I've got problems. And he's like, hey, she's been found dead. Slight, her throat sliced. From yeah, he's a little too familiar with the captain in there. He goes, come on, Larry, or whatever the guy's name I, is. He goes, I think he just calls Larry. him by his last name, right? Uh, yeah, and I he can says, be. Captain. <laughs> really. uh, so, uh, yeah, Bruce Campbell is now suspected of murdering his wife. Now, here, here's one of the problems with this movie, I think. Is that uh, from this point on, Bruce Campbell's kind of like the hero, uh, especially yeah. the, the yeah, last. They kind one. of forget about him for the next twenty minutes or so. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, towards yeah. the end, towards the end of the movie, <laughs> yeah. he's the hero. But like, yep. he's a scumbag, right? Like, should we care about Bruce yeah. Campbell? He was cheating on his wife <laughs> and lying to his wife, and like, I, I, I think he tried the marriage counseling. You know, he put the minimum effort in to try and make it work. <laughs> I, I guess. But it's not exactly a heroic guy that you can root for. No. You know? No, so I think, I, I think that does, it undermines things a bit. Like, it would have been better, like, if Atkins, they uh, kept him as the hero throughout. But, I don't know. Atkins, well, we don't <laughs> want to spoil it. But he gets thrown yeah. out the window. But, so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like, if uh, Campbell is the guy thrown out the window and Atkins is the hero to the end, that would have made a lot more sense. Yeah, but, um, and, and he, then he starts banging both the hooker cop and the uh, and the news border guys. lady. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get back to Atkins and his investigation because he's starting to put some pieces together here. And how does he get on to the lady at the police? Because he he gets yeah, on I, to the lady at the police station. Still don't know how he got on. There was just a leap in logic there, where all of a sudden he's following. On this lady and like going to her work and being like, hey, uh, oh, yeah, I got to fill out a form. Oh, I didn't really need that form anyway. I just wanted to say hi. Yeah, now, it comes up that like the uh, that lady knew about uh, Bruce Campbell banging the other lady because she's like the mother to all the lady cops. So for some reason, he goes to talk to her then. Right. Yeah. Was it because like the lady cop said uh, Bruce Campbell's innocent because I was with him? And yeah, and then he said, be. well, I need someone to verify that. And he goes, well, she knows she knows about the affair. Is that what brought her down him down there? That sounds right. Yeah, Cause this, be. this lady's like keeps the records or something down in the archives or whatever. And yeah, she has, she has a bum leg and she walks with a cane. And so Atkins is, you know, trying to snoop around and get to know her a little bit and see what's going on with her. And uh, he starts to get suspicious of her. So he trails her and he follows her to like some old uh, it looked like the Toxic Avenger hideout. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, it's kind of like the docks or like I don't know, junkyard by the docks, something like that. And uh, she's talking to the maniac cop. Like I guess they used to be a couple. Back yeah. In the day. And uh, and so she knows where he's at and everything. And now, why didn't he just like get this the cop right there? Like, why didn't he just intervene or right then and there? Good question. Uh, she starts shooting at him. She hears like she hears Tom Atkins like under the bleachers or whatever he was hiding under. She thought she starts shooting at him. So I think he just kind of yeah. yeah runs away. Right. <laughs> Still, I mean, you have the maniac cop right there. You might want to see this through, you know. But uh, yeah, well, I think well, she's trying to get the maniac uh, cop to stop killing innocent people. Yeah. Yeah. She's he. She says, "I thought you're only going to come back to get all the bad co- or the bad people or criminals and scumbags and stuff, you know." But he's just murdering anybody because he's a maniac. 
<laughs> and I think also by this point, uh, like, didn't Tom Atkins and the blonde uh, hooker cop, like, they both shot at the maniac cop in the, like, an alleyway a little while oh, yeah. She, like, shot him in the head twice, and, like, it still didn't do anything to him. Did that happen so yet? Maybe he's like, I can't handle this. Yeah, I think so. Because that's yeah, when he goes no to first talk on the uh, sequence of these events, but sure. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it did happen before because, like, that's how he met her, right? Like, because um, Bruce yeah. Campbell says she's a cop, and uh, when he says he had an affair with somebody, and then we mm-hmm. cut to her, and she's undercover as a hooker, and she's talking. She's yeah. a foxy blonde, and she's yeah. talking to a guy in a in a car, and uh, he he's like nervous about picking her up because he thinks she's a cop, and he yeah. says, "Well, you know what? Maybe I'll just go home and uh, take care of her, take care of it myself." Well, she keeps trying to get him to say the specifics of what he's looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then eventually he says, are you a cop? She says, well, there's the magic question. Yes, I am. All right. Have a good night. <laughs> but he goes, when I go home, is that a thing of you? they have to tell you they're a cop if they are a they cop? They don't think so. Well, Tuffy, <laughs> you may be an attorney, Tuffy, that works with the police, but I've watched numerous sitcoms and cop shows over the years. And that is always a stipulation that if they ask you if you're a yeah, cop, you have I to that say was you're a cop. Yeah. I've watched a lot of the television show Cops where they do stings with prostitutes, because and they don't tell them that they're cops. <laughs> but do they ask? Yeah, they have to ask. It's on purpose. They have to ask. <laughs> you, you don't just volunteer the information, but if they say, "Are you a cop?" They have to tell you. Otherwise, I guess it's entrapment. So yeah, I still don't know. Yeah, who wouldn't ask that every time? Well, because they're horny. All right, first things first, are you a cop? Uh, Oh, no. All right, why don't you get down there, get your mouth going. That's what the professionals, that's what the professionals, that's how they do it. First thing they ask, are you a cop? Yeah, so. um, Yeah. But uh, he says, yeah, I'm just going to go home and still think of you. And she says, I can't arrest you for that. And she just walks (laughs) off. (laughs) Thank God. I didn't seem that bothered by it either, honestly. Oh. Oh. So, uh, yeah, then she runs into Samurai Cop, or Samurai Cop, <laughs> Maniac Cop, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and Maniac Cops are chasing her, and Atkins helps her, and they're shooting Maniac. Uh, don't they, like, touch him, and he's real cold to the touch or something? Is that also mentioned, or I don't know. And so, that basically, right. he's, like, dead, right, this Maniac Cop? He's been resurrected from the dead or something? He's, like, Frankenstein? Well, uh, I don't know, because then they say later on that they faked the autopsy, and he was yeah. just brain dead. So the guy marked him down as basically dead because, oh, he was brain dead. That's pretty much dead, right? Like, you're a terrible doctor. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I don't know. But, like, in the descriptions I read of the movie, they always say this cop comes back from the dead. But, yeah, like you said, the autopsy guy said that he wasn't technically dead. So, But how is he superhuman all of a sudden? You know, doing all this shit. Uh, Yeah. That's a good question. Maybe they explore that more in the sequels. Let's hope so. So many unanswered (laughs) questions from Maniac Cop. We have to get to the bottom of them. All right, so uh, eventually Maniac Cop, or or Atkins figures out that that lady who's working in the office used to be Cordell, the Maniac Cop's girlfriend, right? And how did she hurt her leg? Which... Wasn't quick question here. All right, go ahead, Tuffy. Cordell was was McCray's partner, or was that oh, a different person? I think it's a different person, right? No, okay, but yeah, I, he's a different person. 
But okay. Tommy, that, that would have been a really nice idea, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, from a, that would have been a nice idea as a screenwriter there. Yeah, make his old cop. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, because his partner died on in the line of duty. Cordell okay. died because he was thrown in prison because he was exposing uh, political eight. corruption. Right. And, and he's being a little rough on the convicts okay. and stuff. So the big wigs yeah. at city, yeah. the big wigs at city hall didn't defend him, and they threw him in the jail cell with all the crooks that he arrested, and then they beat the fuck out of him in the shower. Yeah, I was also playing mm-hmm. champions while I watched this, so I missed a few few details there. <laughs> hey, hey, Jank, there's a couple Punisher things like that, right? Where the Punisher's thrown in jail with all the convicts, and they oh yeah, yeah, he has to fight his way out and shit. But um, but yeah, did, remember like just like oh, yeah, loving yeah. it in prison because he. Bunch more criminals. <laughs> yeah, I'm not locked in here. You're locked in here with me. That, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but a good line. Uh, Zadar gets uh, murdered in the shower, you know. And when they they beat him down on the the well, again he doesn't die, so he's not murdered technically, I guess. But they knock him down on the shower and they slice up his face. Yeah, I also don't understand how that made him brain dead because that's not like a brunt blunt trauma brain injury. That's just a bunch of cuts to the face. <laughs> um. Good question. Yeah, I guess you lose a lot of blood, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, yeah that, but I guess he was marked as dead. So that his girlfriend then threw herself out the window because she was upset about him being dead. Oh, okay, yeah, so that's yeah, how yeah. she hurt her leg. I do recall <laughs> yeah. being involved. Um, yeah, so she has the bum leg now. But then when Atkins uh, confronts her with this information, she goes ape shit. Yeah, her arms fucker. are still good. I'll tell you that. Yeah, she's like. <laughs> Yeah, she's like strong. A, she go, goes all Mike Judge on him, uh, banging the fuck out of him, and um, or Aaron Judge, not Mike Judge, Aaron Judge. I know my baseball. Yeah, Mike Judge is the Beavis and Butthead guy. <laughs> yeah. Aaron Judge. <laughs> is he having a good season, Tucker? Are you following the baseball? Uh, nope. All right, check it out here. Uh, Mike so Judge always has a good. He's just beating the fuck, uh, or she's beating the fuck out of him with her cane. And uh, she's really giving it to him, and he's bleeding and everything. And the whole time she's beating him up, she's like, "Oh, he's gonna know. He's gonna know. He's gonna get mad at me or whatever, you know." And well, this before yeah, did we were talk about how him and uh, Lady Detective went to visit Bruce Campbell in jail. This is is this after that or before that? This had to be after because uh, uh, yeah, she was the same time and leaves I... her in the interrogation room. Yeah, he, she's down there with Campbell yeah. at the moment. Okay. He's upstairs or downstairs yeah. or whatever the fuck, wherever they're located. So they're happening simultaneously. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he tells the guard like she's going to continue the interrogation, but he's just she's just going in there to you know. Yeah, get behind take, him some more. Yeah. Take care of action. <laughs> so uh, the lady's beating up uh, Atkins, but he catches her cane and then he chases her down the hallway. And uh, he puts his arm around her. It's like, hey, it's all right. Everything will be okay. You know, we'll figure this out. <laughs> we'll talk. He, he's pretty forgiving yeah. for just getting the shit kicked out of him by a cane. He's very yeah. forgiving. Yeah, he was bleeding from that, too. Like, this yeah. wasn't just like he got roughed around a little bit. He got his ass kicked She's by her. She's very good with that cane. He got stabbed in the hand, but I don't know what the fuck was happening there. Like, it was a blunted cane. Like, it wasn't razor sharp or anything. Um. So, but they're, as they're walking by a door with a glass window in it, um, like a frosted glass pane, uh, the maniac cop just punches through the door and grabs the lady and yanks her 
Yeah, because she was yelling at Bruce Campbell that she was worried because now the maniac cop was going to kill her, but there was no real explanation for why now he's going to kill her. Yeah. I think he hadn't killed her before. I think because uh, Atkins was able to track down him, the maniac cop through her. Okay. Like she was able to put like she was the piece of the puzzle that put. So now he knows that the maniac cop is Cordell. So she's like, oh, he's going to blame me for this, and he's going to kill me now. So I think. But it kills Tom Atkins in two seconds anyway, so what does it matter? <laughs> the yeah. secrets are yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, but he kills his girlfriend first. He has her hold up against the the wall, just banging her against the wall. Like, choking her. Yeah. That does seem to be his move, is just banging people against things. <laughs> Holding them up by the throat, just slamming them into things. And uh, Atkins is trying to shoot him and shit, and nothing's happening. And eventually Maniac Cop just starts beating the fuck out of him. And uh, so now downstairs, Bruce Campbell and the girl in the interrogation room, they're like, hey, where, what's going on out there? Because they hear like all the ruckus and the screaming and whatnot. And, and they yeah. go outside and they see all the cops that were there were dead now. They've been all been murdered. And yeah, huh. some are just like hanging there. Yeah. So Bruce Campbell says, hey, you get out of here. I'm going to go try see what's going down. I'm going to track down Atkins or whatever. So she goes outside to get in the car. I mean, she's a cop. Why would she? She's not just a lady. She's a cop, you know? Yeah. So you think she would like there's a scene where uh, another cop says, hey, do you know how to handle that when she has a shotgun? She's a cop. She's not a lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She had uh, weeks or months of training on how to handle firearms. Uh, but anyway, so she goes out to wait in a car for Bruce Campbell. And here, uh, maniac cop throws Atkins out the window. And he now I had to go back and look at this a few times because again I was looking at champions. So I heard someone get thrown through the window, and I look over and I see this body falling, and he lands on the top of the car, the taxi cab or whatever, and he's dead. And I'm like, well, is that Bruce Campbell? Because it looks like Bruce Campbell. It certainly yeah. did not look like Atkins. So I had to actually rewind it. And I'm like, like no oh, mustache or anything. Yeah, yeah, no gray hair, nothing. If you're going to have a stuntman, yeah. like just put a gray wig on him or something, you know. Uh, but no, like black haired guy looked in the early twenties, you know, like, we just, like <laughs> I guess that's Atkins. I don't know. I was confused by that. But, yeah, uh, very confused. So he died and, uh, maniac cop just takes off then, right? Like he just escapes. Yeah. And that sounds then, right. Uh, I think. Doesn't he, doesn't he escape with the, in the police van that, uh, Bruce Campbell's in? Oh, yeah, yeah, he throws... Yeah. He's kind of driving. Yeah, because the cops... Some Wait, point, yeah. are chasing. How yeah. did Bruce Campbell get in the back of the van, then? Or on... Uh... Oh, the cops arrested him again. Okay. And then they thought, like, uh, remember Richard Rountree and Ripley, they're like, oh, like, uh, Atkins left us a message yesterday saying that oh, uh, that's right. he, had a, yeah. he had a blonde cop accomplice and we think it's you so we're gonna arrest you now too yeah because the lady that worked on the archives she was a blonde as well so there's the confusion yep. the old threes company yeah, she misunderstanding. Says, no, it was the other lady and they say oh very convenient the dead lady was actually the accomplice <laughs> so yeah but anyway eventually maniac cop is in a prison van or a police van and bruce campbell was he in the back or is he just hanging from it or something I, I he's in the back i think right uh, oh, when he goes over the over the dock, yeah, he was like hanging off of it, I think. Yeah, at the end he's hanging off it, but I, I can't yeah. remember how he got it. I don't know, whatever. Because but, uh, uh, 
yeah, the lady detective chance. goes to tell uh, the chief of police that it's it's the maniac cop uh, during the St. Patrick's Day parade. They're all very offended that uh, you know they're going to be late for the parade because they got to talk to her now. And they tell oh. the other cop to book her. And that guy, I don't understand. At first, I thought he was going to try to rape her. <laughs> the cop yeah, this who cop. was supposed to book yeah. her. Cop. This is a fellow cop, a fellow police officer. Creepy. Yeah, he was very creepy. So, yeah. The chief says, all right, handcuff her, take her, process her, whatever. He doesn't put the handcuffs on her. He sits her down and says, you're going to do me a favor. And I thought he was going to try and, like, assault her. Then he just talks about how he's like, you're going to tell me what's really happening so I can make the case and get my promotion. Yeah. Like, well, she just told everyone what's happening. And they just didn't believe her. Yeah, she's literally telling everyone who will <laughs> listen what's happening. <laughs> Um, that so you, guy is uh is with her and uh she's telling him no this isn't safe we need to tell the chief the maniac cop is coming for him during the parade that guy says ah yeah you're just you're gonna keep saying this nonsense so they're walking down the hallway maniac cop just reaches around the corner and gets that guy right in the gut yeah with like a knife a big spike or something just, ugh, right in the yeah belly. he's got yeah. his big knife back out his bayonet whatever yeah, because the whole time that guy's leading her, uh, they're she, they're handcuffed together, like, and he's leading her down the. Or, were they handcuffed? I think so, right? Yeah, they know. were handcuffed together. So again, maniac cop could have wiped her out in two seconds. Yeah, because she is dragging around this other dead body now. That's the other thing. The maniac cop about. just disappears. Because it seemed like, from a description I read online of like the movie, I think Wikipedia or something. Um, it says that he, the maniac cop is coming back from the dead to get revenge on all the people who screwed him over, like all the people high up in City Hall and everything. Yeah. But I don't know. It seems like he's just murdering people. Like, why does he care about yeah, Bruce Campbell? Just anybody? So much? Like, did how did Bruce Campbell screw? Yeah. I mean, definitely none of those people he murdered at the beginning had anything to do with it. They were just random citizens. Like the lady just worked at yeah. a bar. <laughs> and like, why murder that cop but not? the foxy blonde you know like well at some point i think uh the foxy blonde was like um well whatever he loved before he now hates so like how, he used to love the parade so now he hates the parade i don't know, know, know. <laughs> i guess you read the script so maybe before he loved <laughs> yeah. brunettes so the blonde lady he's still just kind of indifferent about i guess doesn't have strong feelings either way i guess i don't know but yeah, there's a lot of unanswered questions here about this maniac cop and his motivation and what's going on here. Um, but it, yeah, eventually, there's another big fight scene with uh, Bruce Campbell and the lady cop because she, her and the other cop chase. He, she gets in a car with another cop, and that's where he says, "Do you know how to handle that thing?" When she gets the shotgun, yeah, she, yeah. But they chase the the police van down to like the docks, and um, she like tries to shoot. The maniac cop, but the, he throws Bruce Campbell at her or something. Yeah, and, it, and then he picks up the shotgun and shoots the other cop and sends him flying backwards. That was pretty cool. And oh, Bruce Campbell goes and does like a running kick and knocks the shotgun out of maniac cop's hand. Oh yeah, that was a good kick. <laughs> but then maniac cop just punches <laughs> him and drops him. And and then maniac cop gets back in the van and he's leaving. And then I think Bruce Campbell jumps on the outside of it. Right? Yeah, yeah. This, was, this was a good stunt. I liked it. All right, so, Jack, describe the ending here. <laughs> uh, maniac cop's driving the police truck, and he drives it, like, right off the dock, basically. 
into the straight into the water while Bruce well, Campbell is hanging on to the outside and he kind of goes flying off like like kind of lets go as it's going into the water and he goes flying and it, it looked like they really did it so it looked pretty good. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing. Uh, didn't Maniac Cop also get impaled through the windshield on a pole or something? Yeah, it looked well? like there was a like a mast from a sailboat or something rammed into him. Yeah. Um. So, but they go flying. Campbell jumps off the van. It goes in the water and it sinks. And all the cops come and they they drag the they haul the va- the van out of the uh, water there with a big crane. And all the cops have their shotguns trained on this van. They're ready to go. But then the camera pans down to like uh, you know the the wood yeah, the coming out of the water. Yeah. And we see a cop, his hand. But why wasn't his hand wearing the white glove? <laughs> yeah. Like uh, that was like his gimmick. Swim with those. <laughs> that was like his gimmick the whole time. And like the white gloved hand would have looked way better coming out of the water like that. But now it's just a normal hand grabbing onto like the pier. Uh and that's where the movie ends. So well, yeah, because when yeah, he didn't he have the white glove on in one scene, his hand was all like red and uh, like muscly looking. I noticed, but oh, not there at the end. <laughs> I did not. Right. I definitely would have had the white glove on because uh, that would have been a more signature yeah. look coming out of the water. But uh, all right, so there it is. That's how it ends. Well, the director was too busy trying to figure out how to get his daughter in the movie. <laughs> well, I think that was the writer. The I think the writer is the guy. That <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, I think the director had a cameo in this movie, though. He uh, was like the motel manager or something, I guess, when Bruce Campbell okay. was at the oh, okay. hotel. Um, but, all right, so, Jack, what do you like think? Ma- Maniac Cop, one out of ten. Uh, it's it's solid enough. Um, I guess I, I'd give it a seven. Uh, it's nothing I'm going to – not a lot of memorable scenes I'll be telling my grandkids about. Not that I'll ever have grandkids, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's fine. It's not bad. Yeah, like a bad movie scale seven, right? Not a normal movie scale. Yeah, exactly. But it's even like on a good. normal movie scale, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. Like, I, yeah. I thought the most of the acting was really good, I thought, you know? Yeah. Um, the, the plot, uh, it's a good idea. I like the idea. Um some of the motivations for Maniac Cop could have been <laughs> clarified a bit. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. There's no new- like night game. The procedural element of it wasn't quite there of this investigation. Yeah, this was better than night game though in terms of cop work. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, Although you have- guys were a little harsh on night game. Like night game was better than body slam. Oh, <laughs> I'll, dare I'll say you. that. I'll dare you. <laughs> At least I understood why, like, uh, you know, Roy Scheider was having problems with his mother-in-law. <laughs> Unlike Body Slam, I was like, who is this guy? What does he do for a living? I don't fucking know. Body Slam We watched awesome. Night Game, like, two <laughs> weeks ago, and when you said Night Game, I thought, I do not remember that movie at all. <laughs> uh so, but yeah, I actually enjoyed a lot of this movie. I thought it was a good movie, like a bad, a good, bad movie, but no nudity. That hurts it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That yep. hurts it. Drop the ball on that one. Um, but yeah, I think seven out of ten works for me. Tuffy, what do you think? I'll go a six for the lack of nudity. <laughs> That's fair. fair. <laughs> Got to dock him a little. That's fair. But it's not bad. Uh, it's a pretty fun movie. I'm glad I watched it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Had a good time. The Maniac Cop uh, reference now, one I can make at any time in the future. <laughs> uh, I'll know what people are talking about. So, yeah. All right, there you go. 
Mania Cop. Next week, uh, I don't know. Is it back to you, Tuffy? Uh, I think it's you. Yeah, I think so. <sighs> All right, we'll, we'll figure or it Larry, out. Or Larry, if you get Larry. Yeah, that's what I mean. We might get Brandon or Larry or I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, here's the thing with Brandon, you know, because I'm going to say. Brandon's uh, never, never going to yeah. show up at 8 o'clock on a Friday night. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I was telling Janker on before flea market, like. We might. I'm probably going to have to just record something with Brandon at like three o'clock in the afternoon or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know if he's ever going to be awake and sober enough to do the show at night on a Friday night. Yeah. I know. I know the yeah. answer. He is not going to. Be <laughs> and I know we're going to plan. He's going to say, "Yeah, let's do the show. Let's watch this movie. Let's do this," and then he's not going to show up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fucking thing. We tried know. to watch Side Out for like a year and a half, I think, before we finally watched it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we could give him another swing in his Twilight Zone top 11. See if he can. Oh, yeah. get <laughs> maybe we'll, we'll learn something this time. I don't know. We'll see. See, because then we we moved that time up too for him, right? The Twilight. And he was still drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he started out pretty strong. Him. Was I even. I don't remember even being there for that. No, I don't think you were there you in the beginning. Yeah, I think it was yeah. you and Jank did that one. Because yeah. we had to move it up earlier to accommodate Brandon, and you couldn't and then, make it. Yeah, then and you then told you... me about how drunk he was yeah. later. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, it was pretty uh, incredible, like, how it started out pretty good, and within a half hour, like, he was gone. <laughs> 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 so... Anyway, all right. Uh, I see right away. I thought of an old uh, WKRP in Cincinnati episode <laughs> where uh, Doctor Johnny Fever and Venus Flytrap were doing like a public service thing with uh, one of the local police officers, to trying to warn all the listeners about the dangers of drinking, you know, and how uh, you're re- and drinking and driving specifically because your your reactions, uh, you know, slow down after each successive drink, and you get dumber and dumber as you go along, you know. So they did this little experiment where uh, Johnny Fever and Venus Flytrap would each have a drink every, like, 20 minutes or something. And then they would test their reaction times on this buzzer thing they had to do. And every time that Johnny Fever, he kept drinking, and his reactions got even better the more he drank. But Venus was, like, super drunk and falling over. But that's kind of like Brandon. Like, every 15 minutes, you could tell his reactions getting slower and slower and slower (laughs) until he finally just passed out. (laughs) I <laughs> called that competition Venus versus beer. <laughs> it was great. All right, so next week, uh, somebody will be here. We'll figure it out. All right. <laughs> uh, so, Jank, uh, Tuffy and I heard news that you are going to debut a new exciting segment on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> would, you, would you like <laughs> to tell the kids what this is? Uh, yeah, I figured I'd put together something about uh, – we talk a little bit of comic books on this show. Uh, yeah. Not Bronze Age, because we cover that on Flea Market Fantasy, but uh, yeah, market you know, we'll do some other comic book topics over here in, uh, in a segment I like to call Kev's Comic Corner. Kev's Comic <laughs> Corner. Now, a yeah. couple questions. First, does anyone actually call you Kev? <laughs> uh, it's happened. Sure. <laughs> it's happened. Because <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't see you as a Kev. That's just me. I don't know <laughs> Kev. 
Yeah, like, well, I mean, I guess it's mostly my cousins because they can't really call me Jank because that's just confusing. Oh, okay, yeah. That is, that <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, you need a nickname like Scooch. Exactly. But all right, yeah. the other thing, how would you spe- – you're not going to go all Ks on Kevin's comic. <laughs> no. Right? Yeah, that would be – yeah. That would open up a lot of problems. Don't do that. Yeah. Right. So – no, no, no. So we'll have to just go KCC. Yeah, KCC. <laughs> Normally we would have a theme song for this. Of course, you know, the production values of the show have really tanked. So we, yep. we do not have a theme song for this. What can people expect from Kev's Comic Corner? Uh, I figure it'll be different every time. I mean, there'll be some recurring segments, I guess. But uh, for this first one, I thought we – I actually had a good idea for one for uh, for the next time we do this that i got to oh. put some work into. Oh, okay. But uh, – yeah, this first one, I figured we would talk about some comics uh, from, you know, you kind of checked out of comics a little bit before I was getting into comics. So I figured we'd talk about some comics that you missed out on when you checked out in, like, the early 90s. Okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, here's the thing. I, I checked out around 88, and then I came <laughs> back briefly uh, around uh, – when did, like, Image come back in and everything? Uh, that was probably 90 – Three ninety four. Yeah, I was gonna say ninety three, yeah, ninety four. They started image. So yeah. I came back in for like uh, ninety three, ninety four, a little bit there, and then I uh, was out again. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so there it is. All right. So what do you got for us? Uh, all right. So we'll talk about some comics here. Uh, like I know this has come up briefly on the show before, but Generation X. Generation what, X. What do you know about Generation X? Well, I am Generation X because I'm an yep. old motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Generation X were these? Because there was a couple of different books at this time. Like, uh, wasn't there like a Gen 13 or something? Yes. Yeah, that was uh, J. Scott Campbell over at Image was doing Gen 13, which I think they wanted to name their thing Generation X. But I think Marvel's yeah. like, no, 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 you can't have something with X. We're taking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's where I think that's why comes this in. Came, where this came from. So, what was Generation X? Was it a similar kind of thing? Yeah, Generation X was basically, you know, the New Mutants were no longer the New Mutants; they'd become X Force. That's so right. We needed new New Mutants <laughs> and even newer yeah. mutants. So, like, we need a new young generation of X Men in training. So that's what Generation X was. Uh, it spun. They they kind of soft launched it through in a crossover event called the Phalanx Covenant, which is basically where like you know the warlock, the uh, the techno organic race that the the warlock and his father Magus are from. Like they came to Earth and uh, they were trying to uh, you know absorb everybody, but they couldn't absorb mutants because you know whatever reason so they captured all the x-men except for uh the few people who were left at the mansion who were basically jubilee who i guess they were just like this is too dangerous for you we're gonna leave you home with uh with emma frost <laughs> who had just gotten uh, out of a coma and it kind of been like all of her <laughs> hellions got killed and so she was like kind of changing her ways like maybe i shouldn't have been such a bitch in the past and like Maybe if I had trusted Xavier hey. like more, my kids would still be alive. Long as she still so, dressed the same, no one cares. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she was kind of starting to come around to being a good guy. And uh, they also had Sabretooth in the mansion because, like, he was like a bad a idea. Yeah, not a good idea. <laughs> he was a prisoner, essentially, because Professor X was trying to cure him of his murderous rages. Spoiler alert, didn't turn out well. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and then Banshee, who just kind of showed up to visit and, like, picked the wrong time. <laughs> so, uh, 
So it was the four of them, and, like, they decided, okay, the X-Men are captured. Like, we, someone needs to go out and round up the young mutants that we found with Cerebro and keep them safe. So uh, that's what they did, and basically after that event ended, they're like, hey, someone needs to train these young mutants. So maybe, like, uh, Banshee, you and the White Queen kind of reopen, you know, Emma Frost's old school that she was using for the Hellions in Massachusetts, and you create this new team called Generation X. You train these young mutants and, you know, try to teach them how to, you know, control their powers and all that stuff. So that's what they did. They opened a new Xavier Institute over in Massachusetts, like the Massachusetts branch. And they they had all these young mutants over on there that they were going to train with Banshee and the White Queen as the headmasters of this school. Um, which did, I any guess, of, did any of these young mutants amount to anything? Like, do I know any of these people? You might. I mean, definitely, you know, Jubilee, because she got demoted, essentially, over to the Gen X. <laughs> like, she was not happy about it, but they're like, well, you're, like, the same age as these kids. You should probably go train with them. She's like, she got they've sent already down been the X-Men. Yeah, yeah, she got sent down the NXT. Yeah, this was an insult. Next, yeah. <laughs> but, yes, she was not happy about it at first, and then she, like, wasn't even the leader or anything, so she was extra not happy about that, so... She was kind of, you know, bratty about it for a while, but she eventually kind of, you know, found her groove over there. Didn't she become uh, a vampire at some point? Yeah. Yeah, this was long after that <laughs> series ended, but yeah. All right, yeah. I think she is now good again. Like, the oh, they, they brought her, yeah, they, they made her human again somehow. Um, and she also has, like, an adopted baby, even though she's, yeah. probably, like, 19. Like, why would you adopt a baby? <laughs> that sounds terrible. I I just know on uh, Marvel Snap, one of her alternate cards has her with a baby, and uh, she's yeah. a vampire as well. So it's like that seems like a bad combination. But uh, all right, so a- any other of them yeah. mutant kids I would know? Yeah, well, let's talk about it. Uh, so there was a, I guess the one with the name recognition. I mean, I'll, her name was Husk, um, and her real name was Paige Guthrie. I'm sure that last name might ring a bell for you. Sam Guthrie. Yeah, yep, there's a lot of those Guthries over there in Kentucky. So uh, yeah. his little sister, Paige Guthrie, she uh, kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps, and uh, she also had powers, so she kind of became the team leader a little bit. She wanted to be a leader like Cannonball was and stuff well, like that. Well, I've heard of Husk, but what's her power? Like, she sheds skin? What? What's yes, her power? that's exactly it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds terrible. Shed her skin, yes. And have different forms underneath. Like, sometimes if she just got injured, she could shed her skin and basically be all healed. Or she could also just shed her skin and have, like, you know, a diamond form underneath. Or be all made of wood. Or, you know, made of snakeskin if she wanted to or whatever. So, basically, she could have anything underneath it that she wanted to. I think she could even turn into acid. I think that happened one time. She, like, you know, pussed her skin off and had acid skin. But then her normal skin comes back eventually? or Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she would leave, like, her hussed off skin all over the place, which people weren't happy about. That's just gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a weird team. Like, most of the members are like, just what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> like, this next guy, Skin. Wait, wait, this is the uh, same thing as Husk. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar, yep. A lot of skin conditions going on on this team. He can only shed uh, his foreskin, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly circumcising himself. Next on no, the quite team, the opposite. We have uh, psoriasis. Is next on the team. No, <laughs> this is the worst team ever. Well, what does skin do? 
Uh, he was a Hispanic kid who had like been in a gang, but he didn't really want to be. So he kind of got out of that life, but he had gray skin, first of all. Uh, but also his, he had six feet of extra skin. Wait, that a was minute. his power. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, unless he concentrated, it would get really saggy and he was kind of like the elephant man, but like <laughs> he could concentrate and kind of pull it in. But then. He could basically use his six feet of extra skin to, like, stretch, kind of, but not really. Like, he could only – it's not like Mr. Fantastic where he could really stretch out his arms because he only has extra skin. So it was more like he could use it from his fingertips or other parts of his body as, like, kind of like webbing, like Spider-Man's well, webbing, but just it was his own skin. <laughs> but when you said other part, everyone's thinking it. He uses it from yeah. his cock. His, his, yeah. His, his, <laughs> his arms. <laughs> Stretches he stretches that in battle much, but yeah, I'm sure that must have come up in his personal life. So that's that's like the worst power ever. Like, yeah, how do you feel as a comic book creator? Like, uh, yeah, you know, I root for Marvel. I created some characters. Oh, who'd you create? You know, uh, skin. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He uh, he kind of got unceremoniously killed off pretty soon after the series ended. They're like, we're never going to use skin again. Just have the yeah. like the anti mutant <laughs> guys crucify him in the X Men's lawn. They <laughs> crucify him in the X Men's lawn. Yeah, basically all he did was like wrap his extra skin around people, like or use it as webbing and like swing from Gross. it. But that, yeah, it's uh, weird, weird power. It's hard to believe uh, this uh, Generation X, and then it become more popular. <laughs> I mean, it lasted it's 75 issues, so it was around so for a while. That's a pretty good run, yeah. Yeah. Run. Uh, originally created by Scott Lobdell, and then Chris Pacella was doing the uh, the early issues, which was great art. Like, very, It looked really cool. Um, so that, I think, helped a lot. Um, then we also had Chamber. Chamber is the next guy. He was a British guy uh, who had this psionic energy come out of his chest. <laughs> um, but the problem was he basically had this, you know, this blank spot open up in his chest full of psionic energy. But when he first manifested it and it, it kind of went out of control and ended up blowing off the bottom half of his face. <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> so basically from below the nose down to probably about his belly button is just empty space filled with this, like, roiling uh, psionic energy. And so he can't talk, but he, since it's psionic energy, he can, like, telepathically communicate. Uh, but he can't eat or anything, and he was kind of in a relationship with Paige Guthrie there, the old husk. <laughs> oh, is that uh, but they could, he couldn't, like, kiss her or anything like that because he didn't have a mouth. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he, he doesn't... He doesn't wrap him up and, like, throw him a little, uh, little extra? <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? Put him a little extra. What does that mean? <laughs> he doesn't have any skin there. Skin's got extra skin to spare. Uh, I see what you're saying. Skin. Oh, I see what you're Cuts saying. Cuts yeah. yeah. It's a transplant. But, uh, so he, he wore a scarf pretty much all the time to kind of cover up his lack of mouth. But he doesn't have to eat. <laughs> nope. Didn't have to eat. Oh. So he never has his, to go to the bathroom. power here. just kind of channels, you know, gives him energy. Somehow from that. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at his picture Yeah, I don't know. Here. Yeah, you can Google up these kids on the Internet there and uh, look at them. And, uh, I don't remember them addressing the uh, the bathroom part of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. All right. Is there a girl yeah. with, like, antlers? 
Uh, oh, this is like a more recent uh, Generation X where okay. like you, it was like a teacher. Yeah, that's that's a whole different thing. All right, all right. Yeah. Um, let's see. The next guy was Sink. Uh, Did you say like Stink? <laughs> no, Sink. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> basically, he could get in sync with other mutants and use their abilities. Oh. See, I thought like yeah. Sink, like so he was like Mimic. Oh, okay. S Y. Okay. <laughs> yep. S Y N C H. Yeah, so if there's any other mutants nearby, he could use their powers the same, you know, that they could. Um, he ended up dying late in the series once they opened the school up to a bunch of humans. Uh, and then like there was some kind of riot and, uh, basically there were no other mutants around. So they just, he just kind of got trampled because <laughs> he didn't have any powers to use. <laughs> so, uh, he got killed off. So yeah, that was, that's sad. The, the one thing all these other comic book hero teams, uh, they really make you appreciate, like, uh, the X-Men, the original X-Men, and, like, the yeah. new X-Men, and, like, like what a yeah. group that was. Yeah. It, it's hard to, uh, put together a team of heroes and make them unique and, uh, interesting. Uh, a lot of the times you end up with shit like this. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next guy was Mondo. Um, this big, he was like Samoan, uh, and he was like, was he part of the bloodline? <laughs> he probably was. Yeah. Was he an ooze? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, he was basically like, uh, he could kind of make himself into dirt. Like, you know, guys <laughs> would become one with dirt and that kind of thing. Like and absorb organic. You know, he could absorb the ground and become the ground and make himself bigger by absorbing more of the ground, essentially, stuff like that. Uh, it was kind of a weird thing. Uh, he ended up being like a, a bad guy where like, oh, he was actually working for Black Tom, you know, Banshee's evil cousin the entire time. And and then he got killed off. And then basically they brought him back again later. And they're like, oh, that wasn't the real Mondo. That was something Black Tom created. But this, this uh, the real Mondo, he was actually also working for Black Tom. So it's like, this <laughs> fucking stupid. Like. <laughs> so basically you're just admitting you didn't want to kill him and that's you know bringing him back in exactly the same way he was before cool cool <laughs> yeah I'm looking at um, a picture of uh, these people now and yeah, yeah. husk is weird looking uh, skin is yep. weird looking um, sure is <laughs> facts there, there's a girl uh, penance yes penance uh, she just kind of showed up um, there was their main kind of enemy throughout a lot of these early issues with this guy called M plate, who was basically like a mutant vampire where he had these like weird mouths in his hand that he could like stop mutant energies out of mutants. <laughs> <laughs> he was basically feeding on mutants instead of like blood. Um, so he had a prisoner who was this girl penance, uh, and she escaped. Um, and then gateway, you know, remember gateway from the, the, from the outback. When the X Men were oh, the Aborigine guy, Here. yeah, with the little uh, bull bull that could teleport yeah. them and stuff. Uh, he he found her and brought her to the school, and she couldn't talk or anything. Um, so they nobody really knew anything about her, but she had pointy like skin, uh, including her fingernails were like really long and pointy, and she had diamond hard skin. So basically, like if anybody got near her or like tried to touch her, you'd pretty much cut the shit out. Of <laughs> Kind of like Edward Scissorhands, I guess. <laughs> Except all over her body. Seems like a lot uh, of skin-based heroes in this team. Yeah. Skin was a big <laughs> part of this. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, I guess there was originally a plan for her to be like some kind of Yugoslavian refugee or something like that, but they ended up changing what she was uh, because that kind of ties into the last member of the team here. Uh, a girl named M, uh, Manese Croy, uh, who was like a rich, I guess she was like Algerian or something, and like her family was kind of royalty over there or something like that. Like she was rich, uh, super stuck up and like pampered and stuff like that. And uh, she basically got the, you know, the, the cool package where it's basically like, oh, she was super strong. She could fly. She was nigh invulnerable. He had like low level telepathic powers. Like, you know, she had all the cool stuff you would want if you're you know a big time superhero. Um, but then there was like a weird thing going out early, going on early on where she was like having these spells where she would just like blank out and just kind of stand like stand still and staring off into nothing. And you're like, oh, what the hell is going on here? And they kept saying, like, oh, it might be autism or something like that. Uh, but it turns out that was not the case. <laughs> um, so that M-Plate guy, you found out early on that that was actually her brother. Uh, he had gone, and gone off the deep end and, and shit. <laughs> so so they, they couldn't figure out the connection between M-Plate and M? Yeah, and M. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Real secret there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, it turns out that the M that we knew was not actually Monet St. Croix. This is the same Monet gimmick St. they did with uh, the other kid. Yeah, kind of. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, they also you see there was the older brother, M Plate, and there was supposedly Monet St. Croix. And then they had two younger sisters. Uh, but apparently those, those they were twin sisters. The Monet St. Croix that we knew was actually those twin sisters <laughs> who had merged themselves into one body. This is terrible. Yeah. And the actual Monet St. Croix was imprisoned in the body of Penance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So eventually, like, the real Monet St. Croix gets, and gets freed from that body, but I think the twin sisters end up taking her place inside Penance. And eventually then Penance shows up somewhere later down the line, and I don't know who's in her anymore because they made it clear that <laughs> the twins are gone. Her anymore. <laughs> I don't know who's in Penance at this point. <laughs> but I'll be I'll be yeah. honest, I think I'm pretty glad I missed Generation X. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely moments. Um it was interesting seeing Banshee and the White Queen kind of try to lead a team. Like they had different styles and stuff, and obviously White Queen went on to become a part of the X-Men and stuff for a long time. So, but the, these were the early days where people were still kind of like, I don't know if we can trust her that much. <laughs> yeah. So there was some interesting stuff in this book for sure. And again, the artwork early on, especially was great. Um, then they started going in different directions and it, it definitely went downhill for sure. But there were some oh. good moments. Of all those people you described, I think Chamber would have the most potential just visually. I'm looking at some pictures of him, like uh, the energy coming out of his face and whatnot, and his yep. chin. Good luck. Yeah, yeah so that is pretty cool. Uh, all right, let, let's check in with Tuffy. Tuffy, did you hear of any of these people before? I still haven't heard of them now, for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> they did actually make uh, – uh, Fox did a – Made for TV yes. Generation X movie in like 1995 or 96 or something like that. <laughs> I, I remember that when it came out. Um, yeah. What, wasn't like that uh, guy who played Max Headroom, wasn't he Professor X? Ooh, he might have been. Max or Matt Fuhrer or Fur or whatever his Matt name Fuhrer? is? Matt Fuhrer? Yeah. 
No, I don't know. He might have been. Hey, it's on <laughs> YouTube. Uh, the pilot is available on the YouTubes to watch. So. Oh, oh yeah, oh. I forgot. It was, yeah, they did want to make it a series, but I guess nobody watched it except me. I remember watching it. Yeah. Yep. About that. That was when Marvel was really trying to, you know, throw things at the wall. Like, that's when they had the David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury movie. Yep. Uh, that went to TV. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's crazy how everything changed for them pretty quickly after that. Because they're like always like, a, they could never get anything made TV-wise or movies. Because and whenever they did it, it always sucked. And then uh, the X-Men, the first Blade X-Men movie. The first thing out. that really, yeah. The, yeah, yeah Blade, Blade. But no first. one really knew Blade was even a comic book. It, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the general populace just thought of that as a vampire movie. They really didn't realize that it was Wesley a, Snipes movie. Yeah, <laughs> but like X Men was the the first movie that really set the, and then Spider Man came right after that, and then yeah, that, that was on. There you go. All right, so uh, there is that the first edition of Kev's Comic Corner. Yeah, we'll do one more here. Uh, this is a quicker one. Oh, uh, so uh, I know you know, but uh, we'll we'll do a quick quiz here. Now the first Green Goblin was. Uh, Norman Osborn. Yep, that's right. Second Green Goblin. Harry uh, Osborn. Yep. Now, do you know the third Green Goblin? Jerry Osborn. No, I don't. <laughs> Ozzy Osborn. <laughs> oh, <that's right. laughs> hey, hey, Tuffy, is Ozzy going on tour again or something? I don't know. Oh, I thought I heard I someone I say Ozzy thought... is playing somewhere soon, or I don't know. I wouldn't have thought he was physically capable of that at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, not last I saw of him. Not like up to that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, when I Googled Ozzy Osbourne, the headlines and the top stories are Ozzy seen without his cane amid Parkinson's battle. I don't know. Oh, no. Ozzy Osbourne 74 looks frail as he takes a walk without his cane. Yeah, I guess he's not touring then. Yeah. Yeah. But then also from Variety, Metallica, Guns N' Roses, Ozzy Osbourne expected the headline new Power Trip Festival. So, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I did see that. Wow. But maybe Uh, he'll just have his cane on stage so he won't look so frail. Or do like what Dave Grohl did when he broke his leg, just have like a throne out there. Yeah. He just sits in the time. Hey, I'm looking up the uh, Generation X TV show from in 96 or whatever, and Matt Fuhrer (laughs) wasn't. He played Russell Tresh, not Professor Xavier. Oh, who, who is? I don't who is even know who Russell Tresh yeah. is. Is that just uh, a knockoff Charles Xavier? <laughs> That's probably some villain they made up for that thing instead of actually having anybody from the comic. <laughs> uh, Fanola Hughes played Emma Frost. Yeah, yeah I remember yeah. she was good looking on there. She yeah, was, she was uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, there's no one else I recognize in here. But uh, all those people you mentioned, like Mondo and Jubilee and Monet St. Croix is in here. <laughs> yeah. About that. So. All right. So uh, the third. who's the third Green Goblin? Yeah. Do you remember the third Green Goblin? I didn't know there was a third one. Ooh. Yeah. The third one was, uh, this was old school. This was Bart Hamilton. <laughs> Bart Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is probably I want to say like uh, Amazing Spider-Man 180s that area. Um, he was a uh, Harry Osborn psychiatrist. Oh, okay, 
Yeah, you know, basically Harry Osborne had been spilling the beans in therapy, and uh, Bart Hamilton got it into his head that, oh, I'm going to go find this, you know, Green Goblin hideout and become the new Green Goblin. Uh, I think he lasted maybe three issues and then died. So <laughs> that didn't last very long. And then eventually Harry, you know, came back, and uh, he ended up dying eventually after trying to kill Peter, but then saving his life at the last second. And uh, then he had, like, a heart attack from the goblin formula and just kind of died. <laughs> Yeah, but uh so then there was a 30 i think it was like 1993 i guess the 30th anniversary of spider-man they're doing some big uh you know anniversary issues and uh they're like well we got to have a goblin for this um so what are we going to do time to create a new green goblin uh a fourth green goblin here and uh this one actually got his own series because unlike all the others this was the heroic green goblin what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Sure was. So this only lasted uh 13 issues. <laughs> um but did he, it was did he look like the original Green Goblin? Uh kind of. It was definitely a more 90s style. Um it definitely updated the costume a little bit. Uh you can find it. Scott McGill was there. doing most of the art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so this was uh, he actually was uh, related to somebody you know um, because this was Ben Urich's nephew Phil Urich Phil Urich (laughs) (laughs) yeah so he also like Spider-Man he also had an Uncle Ben there with the uh, the Ben (laughs) Urich yeah if you don't remember Ben Urich he was a news reporter Uh, Daredevil was always uh, piling around with him yeah yeah Works in the Daily Google, so him and Peter work together and stuff, and yeah, he's the one guy who kind of knows Daredevil's secret, but you know, promised he would never tell and stuff like that. Yep. So uh, in the nineties, he was right. Ben York was writing a book on Norman Osborn. He had found out about Norman Osborn being the Green Goblin. He was writing a book like called "The Legacy of Evil: The Story of the Osborns" and shit like that. So he was doing all kind of research on that, and Phil Urich, his you know kind of bratty nephew was like working as an intern at the daily bugle and he brought him along with him as he went to go check out one of norman's old supposed old hideouts and uh you know some crooks broke in at the same time and one thing leads to another and phil Urich like falls in some goblin chemicals and stuff like that. <laughs> and uh <laughs> fell in some goblin chemicals yeah and, like the criminals are trying to kill his uncle so he like grabs one of the costumes puts it on and you know becomes the new Green Goblin to try to save his uncle. And uh, he does, and he ends up keeping the costume. He's like, yeah, this is kind of cool. And apparently it was like a new prototype that Harry had been working on because it's mostly like the green normal Green Goblin, but he has this special mask that has this uh, weird laugh built in, like this maniacal laugh that like was like a sonic weapon, essentially, where it would drive people insane and like, you know, hurt their ears if they heard it. So like, it was kind of, they had a new weapon involved for this guy. But he's uh, a good guy? Yes. Yep, sure was. Oh. Yeah. So he lasted about 13 issues, you know, fighting some Spider-Man villains, getting involved with Ben Riley with Spider-Man pretty much most of this time. But, yeah, he kind of got involved with him a little bit. They fought together, you know, side by side a little bit. But, yeah, yeah he was see, actually I, a good guy. I have no idea who Ben Riley is and why he was Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, he was the the clone you know, like oh, they thought okay. they'd been killed all those years ago, but came back. And then they're like, oh, you're actually the real guy. <laughs> but he was not the real guy. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, this lasted a, that long, and then he came to an end during the onslaught, uh, you know, crossover where uh, there was a bunch of Sentinels attacking uh, New York City, and basically the Sentinels kicked the shit out of this Green Goblin and uh, destroyed his technology. Right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he was like, "Oh, I guess I got to hang it up now." But uh, he, Phil Yurick would return years later when uh, during the the uh, the Runaways comic. They introduced this group called the Loners, who are basically like a an AA group for former superheroes <laughs> <laughs> working out of L.A. <laughs> like all these guys who had been superheroes, but it didn't work out. And they're kind of having like a support meeting. Um, there was a bunch of people who a lot of them were Spider-Man related. Uh, so it kind of made sense. And there was some like new warriors, people and stuff like that. And uh, so he was he was kind of the leader, I think, of that group a little bit. And, uh, but it turns out he went, he had been such a good hero for, you know, those couple of issues there. And it was like, oh, he actually kind of broke the legacy here. But turns out, no, the, the chemicals did kind of start getting to his brain a little bit after all. And, uh, he did end up going bad in the, uh, the loners miniseries and kind of turned on them and started becoming evil again. And, uh, he did reappear then in Spider-Man later on as, he kind of became the new Hobgoblin. Like, he killed what he thought was the original Hobgoblin, but it was really the original Hobgoblin's brother. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm the Hobgoblin now. His brother, Dave. So, yeah. uh, what, uh, how many Hobgoblins have there been over the years? Ooh, I mean, it's so hard to keep track because there's, most of them were pawns. Like, there was the original Hobgoblin, Roderick Kingsley, who, you know, they didn't know was the, the actual Hobgoblin for the longest time. Um, but basically then it was Lefty Donovan, who was just kind of a, a brainwashed flunky that he, I like know, that guy. I want to hang yeah. out with a guy named Lefty Donovan. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then remember he like tried to frame Flash Thompson as the Hobgoblin at yep. one point. Uh, and then he, he did successfully frame Ned Leeds for it, but I guess yes. Ned Leeds also like Lef- Lefty Donovan was, you know, kind of just a brainwashed guy who, you know, was just kind of forced to do it for a couple of days and then got killed. <laughs> but in this have fight, this have cool. they ever tried to bring in another goblin? Like you got the green goblin, the hobgoblin. Has there ever been another goblin? Uh, sure. I mean, there was oh, the no. Bimo goblin. Remember him? The, the what goblin? Bimo goblin. <laughs> are you, are you saying uh, Demo? Yeah. Demo goblin. Because remember okay. uh, after, you know, Ned, Ned Leeds died, the guy who was Jack Lantern, Jason McIndale, he became the new Hobgoblin. And at one point during, I think it was during Inferno, he merged with a demon. Remember that? And he started having like a weird tongue and he actually became demonic. But then he eventually was able to like exercise that demon from himself. But the demon that got kicked out of him then became its own goblin. <laughs> and he was the Demo Goblin because he was, you know, a demon. <laughs> demon. Uh, there's also this stupid character, uh, probably about a decade ago or so now, called Menace, uh, Menace. Um, and, uh, it, it was basically a goblin. Like, it had all the technology of a goblin, kind of looked like a goblin, but <laughs> it didn't have a name. It was just called, you know, the Menace. If it walks like a goblin, talks like a goblin. Yeah. <laughs> Chances are it's a goblin. Yeah. Here's the stupidest part, though. It turns out that that character was actually even though it looked like a dude, turns out that was actually Harry Osborn's girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, because I just Googled it up, and there's the, the first yep. photo is uh, she's pregnant. <laughs> she's got a, yeah. 
Yeah. And then it, it was weird because, you know, it looks like a dude. Basically, the goblin formula, formula turned her into a dude when she turned into a goblin. But the second that everyone found out who she was, all of a sudden, now she's got boobs when she turns into <laughs> men. <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> at, least, at least the boobs showed up. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's that's great. <laughs> so there you go. Um, right. I guess it was also the Red Goblin too. Yeah, the Red Goblin when because uh, Spider Man had found a way to purge the Goblin formula from Norman's system, and like he couldn't redo it because he had like nanites or whatever that would keep keep attacking it if he tried to reintroduce it to his system. So Norm was like, "Well, I got to do something, so I'm gonna steal the Carnage symbiote." <laughs> Huh. And become the Red Goblin. Basically, you know, a Carnage Goblin. Wow. They're yeah. just milking everything they can out of Carnage and uh, the Goblins. <laughs> yep, uh, they sure yeah. are. I mean, you'd be sickened by how many symbiotes there are. Yeah, I don't even want to know. Because I, I know from playing Marvel <laughs> Avengers Alliance, and that was, you know, eight years ago or whatever, that there was they had a bunch of them in there. Like, uh, uh, they had a white one who, like, was, uh, he could heal people and stuff. Or anti-venom, oh, right? Anti-venom. Yeah. Then yeah. yep. there's a lady yeah. one that would scream. I think her name was Scream. Yeah, I think yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's her name. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a couple, but yeah, there's uh, so many. They latch on to something. They do not let go. Uh, <laughs> Run everything into the ground. Let's see if Tuffy's still awake. Tuffy, do you have any questions for Kev in his comic corner? Um, how many carnages were there? <laughs> oh, good question. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I know Ben Riley. There was an issue where it took over Ben Riley. Um, there was an issue where the carnage symbiote got a hold of the Silver Surfer, which oh no, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the Surfer. Uh, I have a hard time believing Carnage could affect the Surfer at all. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, I, I think it did. But yeah. luckily, Spider-Man was able to beat him somehow. That's a power cosmic, you know? Yeah. Power cosmic would fuck up. You'd think I would burn it right off or something, but yeah. no. <laughs> Tuffy, are you a big Carnage fan? No. That, that, that was just what popped in <laughs> my head when he mentioned the symbiote. Right. Is, I guess there's a Carnage, too. Yeah, How about him? Carnage. Yeah. yeah. And Norman Osborn, of course, was Carnage there for a little bit, so I'm sure there's probably others huh. that I'm not thinking of. Fucking guys. All right. So uh, is that the end of Kev's Comic Corner? Yeah, I think that's it for, for Good this job. week. Banner work on Kev's Comic Corner. Now, normally we play the theme song, but again, we're not going to do that because we're lazy. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to fight. Uh, Tuffy, did you watch anything else this week on the TV? Uh, I watched the WWE biography on Dusty Rhodes. All right. Uh, I heard that, that I did not watch it, but uh, I heard Jim Cornette say it was probably the best one they've done. Is that true? Yeah, it was very good. How about that? Because, uh, again, I probably never saw Dusty Rhodes wrestle. Really? I don't know if... Yeah. They're... I mean, I'm sure I did when I was like a kid and I just don't remember because he wasn't Hulk Hogan or the Macho Man. Yeah, like he got famous, <laughs> you know, uh and not in WWE. He came to WWE later in his career, and he had like a goofy yeah. gimmick wearing black and yellow polka dots. And uh, yep. he's the every guy, every man. Yeah, that, that's another classic Vince McMahon story of he needs to have polka dots. Yeah. Now, Vince, for uh, no reason. 
people always swear it wasn't a, it was clearly a rib on Dusty Rhodes that Vince was trying to make fun of. But then a picture, but everyone always denied that. And then Tuffy recently, within the last year or so, a picture surfaced of Dusty Rhodes wearing black and yellow polka, with yellow polka dots way back in like the early 80s. Huh. Like or the late seventies, way before he was ever involved with WWE, he was wearing it. So yeah, maybe there is some truth to it that it wasn't a rib, but I don't know. Yeah, because there was a lot of talk about how Dusty was just one of the best workers, and uh, you know how he would, uh, was able to take pretty much anything and turn it into a good creative story for a character. Uh, uh, yeah, for the most part, uh, he had his down times because he was a lot, he was booking a lot of. Uh, for WCW and stuff back in the NWA yeah. and stuff. So, um, but yeah, he was like a big fat guy, but he was athletic and, yeah. uh, he's super popular. Like he was the top baby face down South for many years. Yeah. Yeah. Now him and, uh, him and Dustin, uh, did not have the greatest relationship for stretches there. Partly yeah. because, uh, like his most, successful wrestling run so when he was home the least was when dustin was a kid and uh yeah. also he divorced that uh partner he was not around that much versus cody he was like his football coach and wrestling coach and very involved in his childhood yeah and then uh when uh when when gold dust married terry runnels they didn't talk to each other for like five years yeah i don't know what that was about why did he hate uh terry so much I think he was just harping on uh, Goldust, telling him, like, this is a bad idea. This is not a good choice for you to be in a relationship with her. And Goldust already kind of had some resentment towards him and took that as a uh, her or me ultimatum. And I think Goldust was more the one who didn't talk to Dusty than the other way around. But Dusty didn't put a lot of effort into probably reconciling that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, when Dustin came in, he was the natural Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, like a cowboy gimmick, like Dusty kind of, and uh, yeah, and he became Gold Dust. And of course, did they talk about uh, you know the Million Dollar Man, his buddy Virgil? Uh, Vince named him Virgil because that's Dusty Rhodes' real name, Virgil Runnels. So, that didn't come up. No. Yeah, that's another rib well, that Vince that. played on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Dusty, the bionic elbow, that was his big move. Yeah, bionic elbow. and then. Uh, I also watched the WW biography of the Iron Sheik. That was also oh. fantastic. <laughs> Make him humble. Yeah, because yeah. he was like a uh, real badass wrestler before yeah. in Iran. Before uh, yeah, he's like an Olympic wrestler for them, right? Yeah, he was like uh, the Army wrestling champion. I don't think he was an Olympic wrestler, but he was like a national wrestling champion. And then he was serving as uh, like a bodyguard for member of the Shah's family or something. Yeah, he was like a legit and badass. There was the like the greatest wrestler in Iranian history was not a fan of whatever regime was in charge, and he was talking talking bad about him. And then one night he died in his hotel room, and they said he <laughs> committed suicide. And the Iron oh, yeah. Sheik said, "Well, if that guy can get it. I sure as hell could get it. So I am getting out of here." And he just uh, <laughs> hopped on a plane to Minnesota. Yeah, the Iron Sheik was great. Well, one of the all-time great heels. Is the, What's crazy awesome. is, so he uh, moved to Minnesota in the United States. Uh, yeah, the AWA. And How was that yeah, about? he just married like a nice lady from Minnesota. 
No, his wife is a stark contrast from what I would have guessed the Iron Sheik's wife is like. <laughs> oh, really? Like she's saying everything? <laughs> yeah. It's just like a nice Midwestern lady like, oh, yeah, I remember the Sheik was so happy when he won the uh, the gimmick battle royale. That was so nice of them to do for him. <laughs> yeah, the Sheik. Uh, back in his AWA See, also, days, uh, uh, he would yeah. get in the ring, Tuffy. One of his things he would do, like he wouldn't even wrestle a match. He'd just get in the ring and do uh, show how strong he was. He'd work out these Indi- these Indian clubs. Yeah, that yeah so they, they definitely showed that. Yeah. <laughs> and he would, like, challenge people to do it. It was awesome. Yeah, because they had the other wrestlers talking about that. And, they were, uh, you know, these other wrestlers were like, yeah, I would go and try and pick those things up. And I felt like I was going to break my wrist. And <laughs> yeah. the Sheik's out there just swinging them around over his head. Yeah. <laughs> Sheik was and, uh, awesome. Yeah, because he, uh, when he first started wrestling, too, because he went to Vern Gagne's uh, wrestling academy. Yeah, he was the AWA guy. Yep. Yeah, and he was, you know, you have these guys who come and just want to be professional wrestlers versus the guys who've been actual wrestlers who can do the insane training he would make them do. And the Iron Sheik was like, you know, just among the toughest of these guys generally because he had been, again, a the army champion uh, wrestler for the Iranian army. Yeah. Uh, and then at some point, Vern Gagne's wife, because he was, you know, he was working as a professional wrestler, but not really getting any success out of it. And she said, you need a, you need a better name. And this was at the start of the Iranian hostage situation. So that's when, uh, yeah. Vern Gagne's wife decided to name him the Iron Sheik and give him the character. <laughs> and he just bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. He had the, had the curly boots and everything. The curly toed boots. Yeah. Awesome. And then I guess when he uh, so he went, he won the uh, the WWE championship from uh, Bob, Bob Back. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Vince McMahon came and said, "Hey, Hulk Hogan's going to win that off you," and that really pissed off Vern Gagne because Hulk Hogan was working in the AWA then. Yeah. And he apparently called the Iron Sheik and said, "I will give you a hundred thousand dollars if you just go in that ring and break his leg." Yeah. <laughs> And he could have if he wanted to, because he's the Iron Sheik. He could have, yeah. And uh, Sheik decided not to do that, so there was a lot of speculation, because Vince always gave the Iron Sheik another chance, because he had cocaine problems and then crack problems and all kinds of other stuff, and Vince kept running him back. Every time he would get recovery for a little bit, he'd be back in the WWE. There's a uh, huge moment in wrestling history where the Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan were pulled over yeah. and found with drugs <laughs> in their car. And yeah. it became national headlines because back then, it, you know, the Iron Sheik should not be traveling with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> the yeah. baby face and the worst heel ever. They should not be buddies. So they got caught. So that was like a big thing in wrestling because this was before kayfabe was officially dead. Yeah. So it caused quite the stir. Yeah, because the, the story on that was, you know, the Sheik's at the airport and he doesn't have a car to get to where they need to go. So he just acts asks Hacksaw, like, hey, can I ride with you? And Jim Duggan says, yeah. So first they stop at the liquor store to grab a couple beers for the road. And they're driving, and they get pulled over by the police. And there were uh, some joints in there. There was some – and they open up the Sheik's shaving kit, and there's three grams of cocaine right on the top there. <laughs> so that's what Jack keeps in his shaving kit as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That and dinosaur embryos. But, and then, but like, uh, Jank, you even know the Iron Sheik, right? Like, he's a wrestler that everybody knows, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Like I said, that's that's my era, like, where they actually had characters. 
Yeah, Nikolai Volkov <laughs> yeah. and the Sheik. They're, they come out and they sing the, the Russian national anthem. <laughs> that was the best. Uh, yeah, and then the uh, he has a tragic part of his story, too, because his oldest daughter was uh, dating some guy that everyone said, like, this guy's no good for you. You need to get away from him. So she oh, no. apparently went to go break up with him, like, after a couple weeks, maybe, of dating him, and he just strangled her to death and then called his pastor to tell his pastor what he had done. And uh, wow. so then that guy's going through all the court proceedings because obviously he murdered somebody. And Iron Sheik had snuck a razor blade into the courtroom in his mouth yeah. and was going to go slit the guy's throat and cut his head off, is what the Iron Sheik said. Um, oh, but his my. family had to physically restrain him from going to do that. <laughs> wow. Man, that is crazy. Yeah. And then uh, the, other, the other highlight that stuck out to me was the, the gimmick Battle Royale, like, I don't know. It's not clear to me if he was supposed to be the winner of that, but Hacksaw <laughs> Jim Duggan was telling the story that uh, they had Sheik go out early because they knew it was going to take him so long just to walk to the ring because yeah. his knees were so bad. And as Hacksaw Jim Duggan's getting to go out, Vince McMahon grabs him and says, hey, we got a problem. I don't know how anyone's going to be able to throw that guy out of the ring and him not hurt himself. So that was how they decided that uh, the Sheik was going to win that thing because he was he could not be thrown out of the ring basically. Yeah, well, was that WrestleMania seventeen or eighteen or yeah, nice, somewhere around seventeen? That. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's a good winner. Everyone loves the Sheik, so that worked out. Yeah, that Sheik, but uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's one of the best. He's crazy, but he's awesome. Yeah. Hey, you're gonna level him up on champions now after you watch that. You're gonna take him up to six stars or. Um, maybe if I had like the Hall of Fame Iron Sheik, I would because I think that one's supposed to be okay. But hey, hey, Tuffy, yeah. I took up uh, uh, the mutant Finn Balor to six stars today. Ooh, hey, he's hey. pretty good. Oh, he's great. Hey, but um, do you know that there's like uh, there's a one of those global events going on over at the website? Yeah, yeah I already got all those. Yeah, see, I just found out about that, and um, I needed two of those tokens, and you got two of those tokens, you know, those crowns yeah. or whatever, and boom, could take them up. So. Now, uh, they had that uh, that zombie contest the last two weeks, and yeah. so I had a bunch of those, like, uh, things you could turn in in the shop for rewards or whatever. I got a lot of those tokens. I am flush with the six-star tokens, Mike Dell. I still have zero for Acrobat Oscar. I have zero. I have uh, <laughs> I have at least ten of all of them right now. <laughs> well, you're a son of a bitch because I don't have any of yeah. them. Yeah. So. The Asuka. And uh, yeah. just an update: the expectation is I should have that new Oscar by uh, by next week. <laughs> what a creep! <laughs> I should be able to max out the month long contest there, I think, and get her. Like what? What level are you at? What is it, like forty seven levels or something for the contest? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I'm at level. I'm at reward forty out of forty seven. Which wow, the highest reward is five hundred thousand of those points, and I'm at three eighty. So I'm on pace still. I think I'm at out. like. 29 or 30, maybe 29. Yeah, because uh, she was like the uh, that challenge tour they had today. She was the heart, the hell level. And yeah. uh, she's a real pain in the ass, I'll tell you. Uh, I beat her pretty easy with somebody, but you got to get to her quick. You can't let her get to her. Uh... Yeah, once she gets that those moves going, they're going. I can't remember who I used to beat her. I had a submission move. And... Yeah. 
Well, because I was using oh. uh, Liv Morgan because she's the exactly. contest superstar. So again, I think I got like another another one of those six star things for that or something or a chest. I don't remember. I used uh, but the six star Becky uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. Because she has a submission and power gem, so I could keep her from using her moves. But otherwise, yeah. yep. Now that Liv Morgan, she is great. But like when when I face the computer as her, never a cascade. She gets to run that green move over and over yep. and over again. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then she when I it. have her, it is line breaks and wild cards and cascades left, right, and center. Because that one move does like a million damage every time, right? Pretty much. Yeah. And like, yeah, they hit it on you three or four times, and it's like, well, what's the fucking point of this? You can't even do anything. Well, but yeah, that's uh, the champions update. Yep, that's your champions update. Uh, Jank, did you watch anything besides check it out? Would you like to talk more about check it out? <laughs> I really would not. All right, no, this is when we do play. the time to check out segment <laughs> of the show. <laughs> well, we're almost done. <laughs> uh, did I watch anything? Not really. I watched some stupid movie called The Fourth Floor the other day. I don't even know why. Never heard of it. Uh, yeah. Like William Hurt and uh, uh, Julia Lewis, <laughs> uh, like Shelley Duvall. That doesn't sound she good. She's already all. very old. Yeah, basically one of these you know typical like lady moves into an apartment, but everyone in the building's creeps. Um, and somebody's out to get her. Which one of these many creeps is it? Yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. And the ending is just weird and confusing. I just kind of put it on while I was playing uh, Resident Evil 4, to be honest, and wasn't even paying that much attention. So maybe it did make a lot of sense, and I just missed it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really watch anything this week. Uh, although, Jank, I did see on the Twitters that uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Gonzalez, uh, or Raquel Rodriguez, uh, defended their tag team titles tonight on SmackDown. So you'll be yeah. happy to know that. All right. Good news. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, they sprayed Chelsea Green with water to uh, to get the win. Oh yeah, uh, Chelsea Green's great. I'd like to see. Yeah, she's, she's very entertaining. I like the Chelsea Green. Um, <laughs> I hate the draft is fan. coming up, Tuffy. The WWE draft. Yeah, I think it's is it next Friday? It starts right. I think so, and it also looks like Zelina Vega might be fighting Rhea Ripley at the Backlash. Yeah, because the Backlash is down in Puerto Rico, so you know, yeah. you know, world order. Um. But uh, Zelina and Ripley, even back to the NXT days, they always did stuff. Um, but so they work good together because she's so tiny. She can jump yep. around like a monkey and Rhea can like swing her <laughs> around and everything. So it's pretty good. Will uh, will Rey Mysterio's daughter be at? Uh, oh, you're a fan of Aaliyah? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she is foxy. Uh, that was I don't the best part of night one of WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't know if she'll be there. Uh, oh. But it is interesting, though, because uh, she was on WWE programming about a year or so ago, and she was in a storyline with Buddy Murphy. Remember this, Tuffy? Oh, yeah. Or Buddy Murphy yeah. was, like, kissing Aaliyah and stuff. And uh, yeah. she was only 19 at the time, and people were outraged because Buddy Murphy's, like, 35, and they're like, how can you have him kissing this 19-year-old <laughs> girl? Uh, but anyway, don't touch that cop. Yeah, a fifty-three-year-old <laughs> hitting on a twenty-seven-year-old, or night game with uh, Roy Schreider. <laughs> but uh, but Aaliyah, yeah. you know, she's Dom's uh, sister, you know, and Dom, Dom, Dominic Mysterio, prison Dom. He's the on TV. He's the love interest of uh, mommy, you know, Rhea Ripley. But yeah. in real life, Rhea Ripley's with Buddy Murphy. So yeah. it's a very incestuous thing going on there. 
with all these Mysterio yeah. kids and Ripley and Buddy Murphy, but uh, I don't know. I saw Ripley getting interviewed by somebody, and uh, she just pulled it out of her pocket. She had a little Dominic Mysterio action figure from when he was a little kid. <laughs> You know, when he was involved in that Eddie Guerrero act, yeah. they made an action figure of him. And she carries around her park. She goes, I always want to have my little dom-dom with me wherever I go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tuffy, I did watch the Celtic Warrior or Celtic Warrior workout with uh, Dominic Mysterio, his prison workout. Yeah. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was great. Uh, <laughs> Mysterio is great. Oh, uh, all right. Uh, anything else to discuss? Can we get the fuck out of here? No. I got nothing. All right. So uh, next. Oh, what was that, Jack? I think we hit it all. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um, next Mike week. Dell needs to take a nap. Nah, I got to work yet. So I probably this will be a napless day. Ooh, well, he's got to get that tofu in for his oh, eleven o'clock. No, this is protein shake time. Yeah, protein shake time coming up at eleven. But uh, I'll probably work in two naps tomorrow, maybe. See how it goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was telling Jank this yesterday, but what I like to do now when I take my naps is I like to listen to those audiobooks and stuff. So recently it's been Alfred Hitchcock in uh, his three investigators. I don't even know if that's the official title. What's something like that? But basically it's these uh, books where these three kids go around solving mysteries. And they, for some reason they know Alfred Hitchcock, and he always gives them assignments. <laughs> so... <laughs> I wouldn't odd. trust them. <laughs> yeah, it does seem strange, but uh, I've, I've been listening to those when I take my naps now. But, uh, oh wait, before we go, I got to talk to Tuffy. All right. Yeah. Uh, so Tuffy, as a member of the legal system, <laughs> I Jake's got a problem. Week. He's got a problem. He's got a legal <laughs> issue. Oh no! <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so how do I get out of this? How do uh, I not pick for a jury? Uh, that the restraining order that Liv Morgan has against you is pretty <laughs> no, solid. I don't no, know. No, no. I, could... no, I, right. I was I was talking Finally, over him. I was talking, talking over Jack. But what do you say? Yeah. He has jury duty. He has jury duty. Yeah. <laughs> is there any way he can get out of jury duty? Do you have to actually go to the courthouse, or is it a call-in thing? Uh, well, I think I had a call-in the day before, and then probably okay. show up. Unless they tell me not to, but yeah. Um, I mean, I've never gone for jury duty, so I don't really know. What? Yeah. Never gone. I only had to go. Well, once. when I was in uh, when I was in college and law school, they would send a letter, and I would be able to say I'm out of town. Oh. And then by the time I did that, I moved to Springfield, where uh, they would send a letter and say you have to call, but. A lot smaller than Cook County, so I would call, and they. I think by the second night, they'd always say, "Yep, you don't need to come in." Ah, uh, lucky. <laughs> I, I had to go in. Um, we've talked about this before in the show, but like back in 1994, when I was like uh, 19 or something, I got called for jury duty. But the day oh. I was supposed to show up, we had the worst blizzard ever in like the recorded history in <laughs> Greensburg, and the courthouse got shut down, so I got out of it. I didn't have to go. Um, and then like maybe 10 or 12 years after that, I had to call in and they didn't, my number wasn't among, among the group of numbers, you know, so I didn't have to go in. And then about, uh, I guess it was, fuck, I don't know how many years ago, pro- I lost eight to 10 years ago, somewhere in there, maybe, well, probably 10 years ago. Um, I had to go and I actually had to show up and I had to sit in the room 
and they called us all in, and it was for a murder trial. Ooh. But when they call you in, they ask yeah. you questions, you know, and right away I uh, I just say, yeah, I'm a police officer's son, you know, like they because I like knew the one cop in there. Like my dad had mentioned him before, you know, uh, yeah. so so as soon as they find out I'm a police officer's son and, and they ask you, will you trust the cop? Oh, I think that's the question they ask. Will you trust the <laughs> cop over a normal person? I say, yeah, well, my, my dad's a cop. And they say, oh, you're excused. <laughs> they just. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh-huh. So that's what you got to do, Jack. Just say your dad's a cop. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lie. lie my ass off yeah well that or there's the homer simpson approach of the trick is to say you're prejudiced against all races all races <laughs> <laughs> it works for everything <laughs> yeah because i mean tuffy correct me if i'm wrong but when you go in there to be interviewed you're not sworn in or anything you can lie your ass off you're not under again i have no idea i've never done jury <laughs> duty i've never yeah. been a lawyer picking a jury so, oh, damn. Yeah, it's pretty terrible because yeah. you just sit in this room with a bunch of people and uh, they got like Good Morning America on TV or something. Like, what the fuck? Am yeah. I yeah. And you're just stuck in there for hours until they call you down. Yeah, because what's happening in the courtroom is they have a bunch of stuff that's set for trial and then nobody ever actually wants to go through the trial. So it takes a morning of them showing up to court saying, no, judge, we're not going to do the trial. And then they can send the jury home. Yeah, that's, I think that's what happened last time. The one time I went, like, I was there probably till one in the afternoon. Then they finally called a bunch of us and we went, we just stood in a hallway somewhere. And then all yeah. of a sudden they're like, oh, you guys can all go. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, aren't you supposed, I never got paid. Aren't, aren't you supposed to get paid if you're, well, I guess I wasn't selected for the jury, so they don't pay you unless you're actually on the jury, right? They pay you just for going to the courthouse. That's what I thought, but I never. Yeah, but it's it's probably only like eleven bucks or something. It's I don't care. Probably much. much. Oh, you got eleven bucks? That's like three (laughs) three things of tofu. Let's go. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's not worth missing a day of work. That's for sure. So I don't know. Now that you mentioned jury duty and you brought it back into my life. The universe will probably pick me again. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's coming. Well, at least you always got the uh, the, the out, though. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to go, but you won't be, have to stick around for like a week or something for a whole trial. But if they ask you if you trust the cop more than so, just say, yep, I'll trust the cop. Because my uh, co-host on this fake radio show I do, his dad, yeah. his deceased <laughs> father, was a cop. Yep. So I clearly trust cops more than the average person. <laughs> I also saw I this movie like called My Maniac. best friend, Mike Dell, who I've known since childhood. <laughs> I also saw this movie called Maniac Cop. And he seemed really like a really good guy. So, yeah, yeah I would trust cops. understood, I would say. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, good luck with that, Jank. You know? Yeah. When, yeah, when like were you? County, you get uh, $35 for each day you serve, but I don't know if. Oh, yeah, each not getting picked right? counts as serving. I think yeah. back back in the day in Greensburg, back in '94 when I got called the first time, I seem to recall it was eight dollars you would get, and I was very also, good ex- news. I was very excited. Uh, eight dollars. Jank, there is a private location for lactation space if you need it. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> well, only your boobs, not your wiener. All right, you cannot. Oh, <laughs> So, just, <laughs> hey, the gun just accidentally went off. <laughs> I was cleaning it. <laughs> when do you have to call to, about this? Uh, I guess Wednesday and then Thursday I'm supposed to go in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, because we're going to do Flea Market Fantasy a different day. I forgot. Yeah. Already. <laughs> I already forgot. 
<laughs> so, so, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, hoping, good luck with that. Hopefully, I call and they don't even need me to show up. That'd be that'd be the best of all worlds. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. Yeah. Uh, well, I think by Wednesday they would know what trials are having that week. Usually, you start the trials on a Monday. Yeah, I think the last time I went in it was like a Monday. So, I'm glad they didn't do that because I got to do payroll at the beginning of the week. So. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Hey, how was tax season, Jake? Uh, well, I mean, for me, it's easy now because I'm in private accounting, so I don't have to really deal with it. Except, uh, my old one of my old bosses, like he's still kind of doing some taxes, so I go in there once in a while to uh, to like do some side work. Yeah. Yeah, my dad. Uh... Is 67 years old, so he just finished, I don't know, like his 40-something tax season. And uh, in an attitude I cannot understand, I ask him, it's like, so why don't you just, like, retire and stop working 14 hours a day for three months out of the year? And he, for some reason, wants to keep doing it. I do not understand that at all. Love of the game, you know? He loves it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have that with my job. If I could I stop working today, I would be out. Absolutely. <laughs> I would have retired years ago. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as we monetize this podcast. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, so, uh, my regular editing go- job, it looks like uh, it could be on the outs. So, yeah, I know. Uh, apparently, it merged with some other company. So, that's always tricky, you know? So Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So they're all talking positive about it. Oh, this will be great. Yeah, this will be great. Yeah, well, all right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, but it doesn't <laughs> It's like even if you stay, it's going to be totally different and probably suck. Yeah, it, it's it's been sucking for a while now anyway. Really, really since COVID, it's been brutal. But uh, but also the emergence that would of it. Because, you know, that shouldn't. I mean, not like you're well, seeing these people anyway. <laughs> well, I think what happened during COVID was uh, – Initially, all the schools shut down for a while there. You know, so that hurt us with all the papers. But uh, also, a lot more people started working from home and wanted to, like, yeah. work from home. So it, it threw, like, more editors into the pool or whatever. And so, like, the, the available jobs became uh, more scarce. But uh, also, uh, recently, the emergence of AI is yeah. a real oh, problem. APT is going to take your job. Yeah, yeah, because these AI things can now just edit. <laughs> you know? so it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> And they also write monkey books because apparently they can, <laughs> and that's a warning. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, don't give out the details of my monkey book until. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hopefully, the AI isn't listening to this podcast. But no one listens. Probably to this not. Yeah. Yeah. Even AI Even the robots like, don't want to listen nah. to this podcast. Well, unless they're in Argentina, and then we're uh, well, at least flea market <laughs> fantasy is very popular. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this show, I don't know, not so much. But uh, all right, well, uh, let's get out of here. So uh, thanks to uh, Tuffy, and uh, thanks to Jack Kev's Comic Corner. Yeah, banner debut. We learned a lot about skin-based heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, yep. maybe uh, Tuffy, you'll be here, right? Planning on it. All right, that's good. <laughs> I know cousin Brandon's not showing up. But maybe uh, Tuffy will be here. 
And, uh, Jank, you'll be here, right? Well, you might be at jury duty. What if you're at jury duty? What if they sequester you in a hotel room? You can't leave. You know, one of them deals. <laughs> and talk to fake radio shows. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. It could influence you. You know? So. What if they put me on a murder trial and the guy just breaks free and murders all the jurors? Jank's going to be one angry man. You know, it's going to be, uh, and if you're in, uh, I'll be one of the guys Peter who's just like, can we all agree so we can go home? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, all right. Well, hopefully, Jack will be here. Maybe Cousin Brandon. Uh, maybe Larry. Maybe a trained monkey. We'll see. See what I can do. And if you're in uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa, Pensacola, Florida, or Jackson, Mississippi, check out that Book of Mormon national <laughs> tour coming towards you. Look at Tuffy doing promotion work for the Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're in either of those states or really any state in the union or any country in the free world, check out, check it out on Tubi. No, <laughs> don't do it. It's a mistake. <laughs> As Admiral Akbar would say, it's a trap. <laughs> All right. So until next week, pass the Machichi, Governor Gabby. Thank you very much.